Coach is Brian Quinby. This is Street Fight Radio. We do it every single Sunday night at 11 p.m. We start taking your calls. The number is 614-412-5252. We're coming to you out of the downtown Columbus, Ohio, Free Press Studio here on WCRS-FM 92.7 or 98.3. If you're inside 270, it's the best community that radio that there is. It's WCRS. Head to WCRSFM.org to listen live to the stream if you can't wait until the podcast. Otherwise, iTunes, Stitcher, all the uh, other podcasting apps, you can find our show, Street Fight Radio. We're right there two times a week. Call-in show and then a basement show. And if you want even more of what we do, you can uh, follow us, uh, follow along on Patreon.com where we put out digital copies of our zine and also have a bonus show. Uh, tonight in the studio, we have a guest. We've done this before. We had Drew Toothpaste in the studio. Erica stops by. But this week, we have one of our favorite people, uh, someone that performed with us live at the Chicago show uh, back in March of last year. She was also on the ho- at the Holiday Bash show here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, video isn't out for that yet, but it's on the way. And you know her as Lindsay Martin. She was on Twitter as Linzetta, very prolific tweeter. Um, who was unjustly banned and has now returned as Linzetta underscore. Yeah. All our friends are bad boy. Like, bad. Everyone. All of them. I, this is why we actually had the conversation uh, earlier today. Brett got trolled and stuff. And I was yeah. like, and he was talking about how he was annoyed that he got trolled. And, and I was like, you know what? You know how I don't get kicked off and how I don't get trolled now? I just yeah. repeat what they say back to me, oh, but with so the funny. opposite conclusion. So earlier this week, I posted a thing about a supermarket. It was a meme of a supermarket that says, how can a, how can somebody walk into one of these supermarkets and see all this food I saw that. and not be a socialist? And this guy responds to me and he's like, he's like, uh, well, I had a Russian exchange student and they didn't. And I said, well, I had a Russian exchange student and they, and they did. did. <laughs> And it's like they don't even come back after that standoff because then the only what ends up happening is then you're like, hey, I would like to whoop your ass. And then they're like suspended. And you're Mm -hmm. like, God, I can't fucking say anything anymore. Yeah, there was a it was a crime. I was way too relaxed online. My wife took uh, my daughter and the nieces out to the playground. I was sitting in the house in my bedroom and a troll struck. And I didn't know until we got to the point in the conversation where. They said something completely wrong. I pointed out how wrong it was. They replied with something else more wrong, and I pointed how wrong it was. And they said, well, we've all made a lot of good points here, but you seem to be real fucking rude about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't agree. We're not in agreement on yeah. that. We're not reading this the same way. And then they were just trying to get me to keep replying, and yeah. I was pissed. They yeah. won. But I, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, don't say I have sex with my wife. Don't say that I make a lot of money. Like, just do, don't do go there. I, and it's so hard. They, they're they good at making us mad. Oh, it works. They're really good at it. And they got me. Yeah, I, um, right, I, right, right. Like I said, I just, like, smashed this guy. He didn't read this article. 
and he commented on the article and what he thought about it, and I just copy and pasted mm -hmm. the text from the article that disproved his whole thoughts on it. Two times in a row. <laughs> two times in a row. And he wouldn't accept defeat. So I was like, I'm getting out of <laughs> yeah, here. I got to scram. Did you hear, uh, did you, so uh, I guess we'll, we'll go into the show here. Did you see that guy that's like LARPing San Francisco mayor? Did you have MayorJason.com? MayorJason.com on on Twitter. It, really, really weird shit, man. What is it? So I want to read the the tweet. Um, his name is Jason. He's at Jason on Twitter, which is very weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did he? How get did you that? get that? Wow, that? Sounds weird. Um, how did he get that? Um, it's just like uh, fart. How did he get that? And how did? Uh, it's like you wonder how certain people got things. How certain people got names, uh, but this Jason got this, and it's MayorJason.com would solve car break-ins instantly. So instantly, I'm thinking this guy got his fucking car broke into. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's some tech. He so he's a venture capitalist and helped to start Uber, right? Yeah, I'm looking at his profile right now. Number one, he would double the number of cops. I'm already not on his oh, side. God. He's a progressive too. He's Brett. Before I get into like his more of his platform, just know that number one is double the number of cops, which is insane. That's a progressive option. <laughs> he is also raising money for that uh, FBI guy that got fired this oh. week, and it's like, no, 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 you don't raise money for those. Their suits cost more than like my apartment's rent, you know? Right. They'll so, be fine. how do you think he's going to do? He's probably going to win, right? Well, number two, he wants a camera network with facial recognition, but. In parentheses, with privacy protections, obviously. Which means you have to put spray paint all over your face to yeah. avoid it? That's that classic Democrat move of like, we're going to put it in here. We're going to put some private protections in because nobody that's ever not a Democrat will be in office. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always it's Democrats from here on out. That's the way the world works. Nobody will ever reverse that. They won't use it for any ill no. reasons at all. They would never do that. Number three, bait cars with cameras and press push. We have a TV network it's that does that already. Creepy. Yeah, bait cars are funny, though. I, I liked this, that TV yeah. show a little bit, but like I didn't like it that people went to jail. Yeah, they should have just been like, ah, you little rascal. <laughs> you thought you were going to go on a joyride. <laughs> we got you. What was you going to do with that karma, man? <laughs> they would. It was so rude what they did on bait car, though, because on bait car, they would park a nice car running in like kind of a bad neighborhood and then the motherfucker the one i saw dude went into a uh dude went into a laundromat and it's like well he ain't coming out forever this car's gotta get stolen yeah. that's the, the only thing that can happen with this car yeah i um i am curious about this because it just seems like the platform it seems like this platform happened on the patio on St. Patrick's Day. Dude, the last one is especially like guy you talked with when you were drinking at a bonfire. And it's number four. No bail if you were picked up for breaking into a car. What? He's, his whole... This is a personal vendetta. Yeah. Someone broke into his car and he's like, I'm not letting this go. I'm going to run for office. These yeah. tech guys are fucking like it's like people. You know what? People don't give a shit about light rail systems. They just don't want no one to break into their damn car. That's the worst thing they can imagine happening to them. Well, he doesn't. The mayor Brian dot com solution. Uh, if you don't know this, he leaves his car unlocked so people can rummage through it, and he just doesn't leave anything in there that they would want. Listen, I have insurance, so if somebody steals my car, 
fine. Who cares? And uh, I just leave it unlocked because, like, it's just change. Don't leave yeah. anything in there. I put my worst iPhone cable in my car. Like, the worst one, yeah. the frayed one and the everything. The Bed Bath & Beyond one. Yeah, it's like, come and get it. You know, come and take yeah. it. There's nothing in there that you can steal. And, like, it, my car gets broken into all the time. I'm, like, <laughs> probably once a week. Somebody breaks into my car, rummages through everything, throws everything around, and then leaves probably pissed because there wasn't even enough money in there to get a pack of cigarettes. You, know? you could tell they were in there because all the seats are moved. Or they're like looking under the seat. Dude, I'd, I'd be so pissed if someone took my Aldi cart quarter, though. <laughs> I only have one of those things. I keep one of those things around, and it's the only purpose. I went to Aldi today, and there was a, a cart just sitting in the middle of the parking lot, and I'm like, that's a baller. That's <laughs> I don't need this fucking corner. I'm leaving it here. <laughs> that is a good move. Like, fuck it. Come and get it. it. You've known people who throw change in the trash can. No, I have seen that. No, I think people think it's a boss move. Like, oh, fuck with pennies, man. I got better things yeah. on my mind. It's like, you can add those up to dollars, yeah. though. I don't know. Get a little mason jar in your room. That's a person that's up. never cashed pennies in. For, yeah. That needed, like, oh. groceries. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll, I'll cash these pennies in. And it's like, uh, if you've never done that, you're like, pennies are fucking worthless. I used to know this yeah. guy that I grew up with. The, actually, the guy that Lonnie is modeled after. He had a oh. blonde goatee that was always tobacco stained. And he yes. had messy blonde hair. He always wore tight white denim pants. Pants yes. and like a t-shirt with like an eagle or some shit mm -hmm. on. He's like the guy. And like that a big I... coat that smells like cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And dude did, and he's thin, just rail thin, <laughs> yeah. man. But he will fight you though too. Like his picture on Facebook is him riding a quad, like up a <laughs> hill. But he he collected he, every time he got changed, he took all the ones and put them in a jar and never touched it. He was able to never touch this jar and we would go to his house and we'd be like why don't you throw in on this quarter and he'd be like i don't have any money to throw in on the weed it's like, yeah yo yeah you do you do got money yeah, a whole bunch of ones <laughs> i've seen that paint can up in your up in your closet a few times you got money he was always telling us he didn't have any money he was also the dude that called me one day and was like i will give you two hundred dollars if you co-sign on this truck for me. <laughs> he called you. <laughs> I was 18. I didn't have any credit at all. And I was uh, like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Do they, it? Yeah, I tried. They didn't. They didn't. Oh, I wasn't exactly a good. They won't let a random dude just co-sign your car at least. <laughs> this is my ringer. This is the guy that's going to get me the loan. Well, it's 18-year-old Brian yeah. Quinney. He's going to co -sign. No, no, if I can't pay it, trust me, he's got it. He'll back me up. You can go after him. This guy I talk to like three times a month is going to definitely pay my bill if I don't pay it. I'm here to back you up, my friend. But yeah, he like kept all of his ones, and I always wondered how you get... Like, I still spend my ones. Like, oh, yeah. I don't treat $1 bills. I treat $1 bills like fucking $20 bills. I don't oh, I love mess them. around mm -hmm. with $1 bills. I don't mess around with $10, but there's no bill yeah. that I'm like not, I don't fully value when I get it in my hand. I love ones. I like to get rid of them. You can plug them into all kinds of stuff, claw machines and mm -hmm. Coke and snacks and I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some ones. Yeah. yeah. Really? I, like when you go somewhere and they won't take your bills. 
Like you, you try to. I used to go. I used. Where was it that we used? We used to go to this place a long time ago. And you would try to hand them your money, and they'd be like, "Do you got anything lower?" Every time, oh. it didn't matter. It was like a gas station. You would go in, and you would hand them a twenty for whatever you're getting. They'd be like, "You got anything lower?" And you'd hand them a ten. They'd be like, "You got anything lower than that?" And it's like, "No, yeah, I don't." Yeah, like I'm, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> <Yeah. here. laughs> you you hey. need to tell me that you only accept fives and ones. They're asking a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. can you uh, run down to the bank for me then? <laughs> <laughs> got anything lower? Yeah, you know, oh, that used to drive me nuts. Yeah, I it's it's been a it's been a fun weekend. I think it was my anniversary this weekend, my marriage oh, anniversary. Congratulations. congratulations! Wow, nine years on Saturday. We uh, watched Justice League. <laughs> nine years on a life sentence, Brian. Yeah, well, in October I will have been with my wife for twenty years. Wow. I don't know what that anniversary is. I'll probably have to buy something for it, though. It's probably like straw or something. Straw. Straw. They have one for every single year. I remember there was some crazy lady I worked with that was going to do every single one, and the first one was like paper, and she came up with this elaborate system where she bought a popcorn machine for her husband because of the paper bags. And I was like, man. That's a stretch. (laughs) Yeah, but that's still a pretty good (laughs) stretch, though. I like that kind of stretching. (laughs) You know what I think you should get for the paper anniversary? Cash. Oh, that's Cash a good one. Paper. I, I love you. This is the first year. Twenty twentieth is platinum. Ooh, that's that's pricey. That's, We're gonna have oh. to get that Patreon up <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're gonna pay for platinum. <laughs> Damn, seventeenth is furniture. What? Okay. <laughs> Maybe it could be like one of those air chairs, though, just like a pocket chair yeah. from as seen on TV. <laughs> yes, it's that's wild, man. Uh, oh, uh, before we get to the calls, the kid uh, in her class. They had to uh, make a kind of an invention, I guess, but it didn't have to work and they didn't have to do like a prototype or anything like her idea was a gun magnet that would just magnet all the guns up so nobody had them anymore. They're very concerned with guns. Yeah. I know. And the other one the was... The Magneto. A, yeah, the other one was a Pokeball that uh, you threw at racists, and it just locked them up in. It was oh, the anti-racist Pokeball. I'm like, I like that idea. That's a good one. Oh. Yeah, we have that. The, those are like... Don't they make guns that shoot uh, nets. like nets? Net guns? Yeah. <laughs> they so, had those in Jurassic Park. Yeah, so she's telling me like what a lot of the other kids did, and one of them was like... I want an island that we can send homeless people to. Oh. But it'll be nice. It'll be a nice island. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's a... <laughs> you rethink that yeah. one. Yeah. And then the other one was... Workshop like, that one a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was like, I want to make a, a tent that you can carry in your pocket and just throw it at homeless people and they'll have a tent to sleep in. <laughs> and I'm like, these are rich kids. I yeah. get it. I mean, these are kids... Like, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of kids that have money and they're just trying to solve homeless with by throwing tents yeah. at people. Yeah, I, I ordered a hammock for $21 off Alibaba, <laughs> so we could just do that, get like a case. It would be everybody could stay off the ground. I, I, mean, I love the image of the net, though. Like yeah. the idea of when I'm arguing with like some idiot online, yeah. just like while they're screaming and red in, red in the face, a net just falling on top of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, you're trapped Entrapping them. 
Yeah. I love the idea. I, I love, like, my daughter actually went and talked to the person about the island. She was like, eh, I don't know if the island is all that great. And she was like, oh, I can see where you would think that, but it's going to be a nice island. And I'm like, you're still shipping all the homeless people yeah. away. <laughs> like it's, that's like in New York when they were like, we got us, we, we solved the homelessness problem. We're going to stick them on a cruise ship and dock it in the, oh, <laughs> in the river. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, I mean, I get it. Like, I get yeah. seeing homelessness and being somebody with money and trying to solve it, but like, there's so much nuance to it in our lives. I don't expect kids to get this thing. And I was like, talk. We talked to some. Li- we went and met some listeners from Canada today, and I was kind of talking to them about it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of. And and I I don't know this for a fact, but I have talked. There are people that don't want a home, and we need to like kind of uh, or that. Anarcho-primitivist? Yeah, and, and we need to kind of, like, adjust things. Like, we need to just stop being so hung up on how other people decide they're going to live their lives. Like, if you made, like, a system where it's like, I'll tell you what, if you can't get a home, we get you an apartment or one of these foreclosed houses out here somewhere. If you don't, fine. Yeah. Just do what you're doing. Who cares? You're not bothering. There's this guy that walks around my neighborhood all the time, and he's yeah. covered in dirt. And when I say covered in dirt, like... There's like dust coming off of him, like when he sits down and he just goes and collects cigarette butts out of trash cans and like half drank coffees and stuff. And like he's been doing it for like yeah. five years and I'd love to help him. I just don't even. People learn to operate in yeah. those circumstances and it just becomes like what what's kind of normal. So I can, you know. Yeah, we started kind of talking about it because they noticed that we drove, we got onto an off-ramp onto the freeway the other day, and there was a fire going on, a bonfire going on, just a little bit off the freeway. And it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of unsafe. And I was yeah. like, well, it's probably because it's cold, and there's people that live right yeah. off of the freeway here, and that's the only fucking place they'll let them live at this point mm-hmm. that's inside the city limits. And you can't be homeless in the suburbs. That's just a no. ticket to going to jail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for that enlightening discussion, Brian. Wild weekend. Wild weekend. I got nacho I, cheese on my bed on my anniversary. Ew, weird. We were eating, Gross. We were eating uh, pretzel bites and nacho cheese. Feeding each other pretzel bites? No, it wasn't like a sex <laughs> thing. God, Brett, you know you I wouldn't just, talk about my sex life on the radio. We were just eating them and watching the Justice League. You were putting fuel in your love machine. <laughs> yeah, getting that love machine wrong. <laughs> yeah, we, we watched the Justice League, which we both enjoyed, and then kind of just hung out, you know. But it was nice. That it's rules. nice. Nine fucking years, man. That seems like a real victory. Yeah. I mean, some people would say ten, because that's pottery. like the big one. Pottery is what I should have got her for. Oh, she, that would have, she would have loved that. She, she would have went nuts. I know. She needs a pot for her plants, too. I'm like, shit, I should have got her some pottery. I uh, did. I had, my, I had an experience. I took four kids skating yesterday on St. Patrick's Day when it was like seven dollars off admission, and I f- I didn't get to skate at all. And I just handed out money and pizza and waited in lines, and it was like the most apparent experience Ice I've had. Or no roller, roller skating. skating. Yeah, yeah. We took him there, and I I just was like, well. I could have got those jeans that I wanted, but instead, <laughs> instead they get to skate and I watch and just pay for it all. But it was still fun. It was just, I don't know. It's hard to keep up with that many kids. I have one right now and it just makes me think about, you know, 
all the like growing up the houses that had a bunch of people in them, and it is wild. I, I, can't, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine, imagine having more than one kid ever. I don't know how people have more than one kid. I can't figure it out. Like I had mine. And I was like, okay, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Now she's 13, and I do love little kids. But I'm like, well, I ain't going to have a little kid now. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people do two it's and three a, of them, man. I mean, if you can't get outnumbered, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think two, one-on-one, you can take, take them out. But when there's more, then they gang up on you. Like when uh, something starts going wrong with one of them, then the other one starts acting up just so that they can, like, test you. Yeah. Like, they're just trying to make you snap sometimes, it seems oh, like. my brother and I fed off each other. So <laughs> we're a year and a half apart, so, like, we were pretty much on the same, like, wavelength. Yeah. And we just, tor- like, I mean, we tormented yeah. our parents. I don't know why. Yeah. We were kind of the same way with mine. And, and, like, the funny thing is, like, you're, like, I had five. There were five of us Jesus. growing up. Like, my dad had three, and my stepmom had two, and we all lived together. And, like, uh, you know, some of us, like, that. then there becomes, like, in-house politics where some kids team up against other yeah. kids, and some kids hate other, like, there's just... Alliances. There's seven... Setups. <laughs> I knew this... Skullduggery. Telling. <laughs> Dude, I used to, like, never tell. I, like, I was raised firmly no snitching, you know? Like, yeah. I learned that in sixth never. grade. Like, somebody was like, you never tell on anybody. But, like, I used to pull this trick where, like, my sister would be like, I'm telling on you, and I'd be like, I'll... Go ahead, I'll do it myself, and I go tell on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take all the power away. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I I farted on Courtney. <laughs> like, but I just know that like there were times when we'd be in the car where we'd all be grab assing in the back of the mm-hmm. van, like just acting like a bunch of five idiots. And my stepmom would get so mad and just be yelling at us. And it yeah. was like now when I think about it, I'm like man, if I was in a car with five fucking kids, like five ten-year-olds, I wouldn't want to kill myself. I want, yeah, I just take my hands at the steering wheel <laughs> and just let my car drift into traffic. My, uh, I mean, like, so my brother and I were kind of like, you know, the same way, but I knew, I knew these people, there were kids and there were like five or six of them in their family, and they said that they'd have times where everyone is fighting ev- with everybody and they would just get in a big pile <laughs> and just be punching each other. Right. Like, they didn't care who they hit because everyone was mad at everybody. Right, right. Just get your feelings out. Oh, my God. I, w- I would give anything to have seen that. <laughs> living, yeah, yeah. Living with other people tends to suck. Like living, li- with people, living with people that you didn't choose to live mm-hmm. with yeah, is but- hard. But here's the thing. I do have to say, compared to my kid, they have, like, way bigger personalities, and they're way louder and direct because they're, like, fighting for time. Where, like, I will get down on the floor and, like, look at my daughter in the face and, like, what was that again, honey? And make her repeat, like, ten times. <laughs> and they're, like, they don't have that luxury at all. Yeah. So it's like, Brett, I want this, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm always weirded out by other people's kids that are, like, really demanding. And and then I kind of understand that, like, uh, they probably are allowed to they, – they probably have to ask for every – because, like, yeah. my daughter would have play dates when she was younger, and her friends would always be coming and asking me if they could do stuff, and she never asked. She just never asked to do anything because she knows I never say no. There's no reason to ask in my house because I'm like, I, I don't really – fucking care what you do as long as you're not getting hurt but her friends would call you know they call me mr brian <laughs> like ask if they could do stuff and i was like ah no that rules yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a cool pa- i'm the cool you're parent. the cool dad yeah i mean they don't really come over anymore though because you know youtube 
YouTube, yeah, YouTube stole children's childhoods away. Yeah, they're all sitting in their houses watching YouTube people. All right, let's see who's on the phones tonight. Thank you for calling in. Once again, that number is 614-412-5252. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Yo, this is uh, Ryan in Minneapolis. What's up, Ryan in Minneapolis? Do I sound like I'm in a can or something by any chance? No, really. I mean, you did earlier because uh, I was on hold and I got the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff, but you're <laughs> fine now. I love that. I, I, people are always like, I got the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's not really much goes on. We just bullshit with each other. But uh, I know, but it's great because it's like you guys burping and farting and talking about, like, oh, man, we're not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I drink carbonated water the whole time I'm on the air, and I'm starting to think that's a poor idea. You're so belchy sometimes. You're like right in the middle of a most salient point, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing on stage a lot of times, but I don't want to drink regular water. Like, I don't drink beer. I don't drink alcohol. It's like, I'm not going to lower myself to standing on stage and drinking tap water. Like, that seems like not fair at all everybody else gets to have a can you know no i totally get it i mean the carbonated water is superior in every way so yeah i heard it takes i heard it takes oxygen away from your bones or something like that's bs uh, that's not true i don't know that kind of sounds like bs yeah i I believe everything like i said i believe that uh what was it smoking out of metal no, I looked it up because my wife <laughs> my wife worked herself up in the middle of the night and was like, oh, my God, is this going to be bad for me? Like after she had like got addicted and had been drinking it for a really long time and then thought that that big article was going to come out that said carbonated water like leeches your bones or whatever. I smoked weed out of a metal dugout for like 20 years and then somebody said it would give me Alzheimer's and I quit that day. And was like, I'll never smoke through metal again. <laughs> yeah, we went to the hardware store to buy pipe pieces. And this the cashier just, we laid it on the counter. He looks at it, knew we were what we were screwing together. And he said, man, you smoke out of that, you're going to get lockjaw. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the wizened old man when he reaches the top of the mountain. is like, no, no, please don't do that. I stand in out of this. And then he has something else. Had eight friends that had lockjaw. <laughs> We're there, like throwing our pennies on the counter, you know, <laughs> with this like metal rod and a and a L, like the uh, the little cup piece that the bent bracket, the L there. Yeah, I'm glad we were smart and we made ours out of PVC pipes and we bought a bowl piece. You know what I mean? Well, we had oh yeah yeah like a the screw on bowl. Yeah, you buy like it was a you know what I mean? You you like it was like a accordion style thing you cap the end and then you open it up and then you slam like a steamroller steamroller yes it was like a steamroller that's what we made from the hardware store what's going on tonight ryan uh not too much i had uh i wanted to call last week about the same thing and then you guys had posted an article this week about uh amazon and the u.s postal service so i wanted to call in and sort of uh bitch a little bit about how how shitty it is right now to work for the u.s postal service you're one of the boys in blue the good blue the what you're one of the good boys in blue the postal worker right oh the good boys in blue yeah yes, yeah yes. i still haven't gotten a uniform so i'm out there walking around and like you know some carhartt but yeah that's me uh, that's, that sounds that's... fun. That that I that happened with me at the cable company. Like they sent me out to do disconnects, 
and they didn't quite have my uniform yet. So they were like, just, you know, wear your name badge. And I'm like, yeah, people love it when you just walk in their backyard to take their cable away with uniform yeah. <laughs> I'm going to disconnect your cable, but I've got a paper name badge. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, don't I've, had worry. To, I've had to show people my postal ID already. They're like, I'm coming in, like I've got like a postal truck outside, I've got the keys and they're like, Do you really work for the postal service? And I'm like, Who else is coming here to pick up, you know, these this shitty collection of boxes for whatever scam business you're running? I carjacked the mailman and I'm finishing his route for him. <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know, I might as well go ahead and be a man to just finish yeah. this up. I, I actually had that thought a lot of times at the cable company, too, when people would ask for my ID, and I'd pull up in a van with an Insight Communications shirt and pants, and they'd be yeah. like, can I see your work ID? I'm like, do you think that I stole a van, and then I'm going around and connecting people's <laughs> yeah. cable? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? They That's don't... like, out of the goodness of my heart, yeah. I thought I'd go ahead and steal this guy's stuff, but also do his job. Yeah, I want to make sure the customers aren't affected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want him to get a bad Yelp rate or anything like that. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's what, so, um, I, I, the first thing I want to ask you, because when I heard about this, I started to think about, like, basically, male people are driving the same size truck they were driving even when I was younger, and I, I don't feel like there's any possible way that, like, are you having to, like, make trips back to the office, or, because there, I, I a lo- it's a lot of boxes. I had Blue Apron delivered this week. It was free. I didn't order it off of a podcast. My wife wanted to try it. Okay, don't criticize me. But it was a huge box. It's a huge box that that like it's just a huge box. It's a, it that adds to what you're carrying. It's like they've switched. There, there are almost less letters and envelopes than there are boxes now. Basically, so how right. how do you handle all that? Well. Yeah, so what you said is true. The the volume of mail, so letters and magazines and everything, is down. And so the Postal Service has decided to compensate like everybody else has by signing these huge deals to deliver packages. So we have this deal with Amazon where we deliver, it feels like, 90% of Amazon orders. Uh, and then we, the Postal Service also signed a deal with Walmart where we're going to start basically doing the same thing with Walmart's online stuff. Um, so, but the vehicles, so I actually drive basically a minivan. I have a minivan where there's no rear seats and then I can shove everything in the back. And most days I don't have to go back to the office. It's okay. Uh, but a lot of people do have like the square truck with the right hand drive. I think you're referring to Yeah, you called it. an LLV. Yeah. It's called a long life vehicle. Most of them are <laughs> over 30 years old and they're all like, if you know the ship of Thebes where like all of the parts have been replaced so often that actually none of the original is there anymore. <laughs> it's a new car. That's yeah. essentially how these things are working. Yeah. So they were built on like the old uh, Chevy S10 base and uh, they're actually, I don't like driving them, but they're pretty sweet because uh, the wheels are staggered. So they have really good maneuverability so that you can pull into mailboxes and stuff like that and really make tight turns. Um, but there's some stations that only have those. Uh, and if you get sent to those stations and have to drive them, especially on today, like an Amazon Sunday, it really sucks. Yeah. Uh, because you just have to play Jenga in the back and just stack everything as, just get everything in there as best 
so that you don't have to come back to the station because sometimes when you're doing these Amazon routes, you can be sent like, you know, like seven to eight miles away from where you started. Uh, and then if you have to go back, that's another 20 minutes to your day, you know, more because of traffic to get back and try and refill the truck. So you, you try and avoid that, um, that they try and tell you, you know, quote unquote, be safe when you go out there. But basically you end up, you know, you block all the mirrors in the back so you can never see out the back. Um, it's, it, it could be kind of crazy. And then especially over the holidays, it was, uh, it was absolutely insane. Well, yeah, and well, the, that what you just said, Amazon Sunday, that really lit me up because I remember when the post office was like, we don't deliver on Saturday no more. Like, they came out, like, they were yeah. not going to be able to do that. And then I started seeing packages come on Sunday, and I'm like, I don't even want that. Like, I think that there should be a break day. Like, I think that's fine. I don't need it seven days a I week mean, now. There should be a break I more than one. Agree. At least be one, yeah. I guess, is what I'm saying. Obviously, I advocate for more, but I would figure we can at least keep one day when you can't expect to have something at your door within five or six hours or whatever they promise, you know? Or, right. And the deal with Sunday is that, so when you have, you know, your mail carrier, uh, the way that it got split up in our last union contract, so even before I started almost a year ago at this point, and so in the previous union contract, they created this position, the CCA, the City or city Carrier Assistant. And that is essentially the low-wage labor force uh, that it's it was supposed to be. So, like, you know, if a regular carrier is sick, we have this sort of army of essentially wage slaves who can come in and fill in for them on that day. And that's our, uh, is and that then, also like a pathway? A pathway to the job, I guess? Like, is that, like, contractor, like, eventually the Postal Service might hire you, or is that just, like, a permanent, like, here's the guys, <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it's supposed to be a pathway to being a, a full-time regular carrier, at which a point, you know, which at that point you get sort of union seniority. Um, you can have your own route. Like, right now you can't. You can put what's called a hold down on a route, which I have, and it's nice, which is essentially nobody else wants to do this route full-time or nobody else is available. And so you, as the part-time guy, can come in and say, I will do this for as long as I can. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so this, it used to be that there was no sort of direct path to being a full-time postal employee, so they created this job. But at the same time, uh, they had, I think it was called PT or something before. I don't know because I wasn't there, but there was a different sort of disposition before, and it paid $22 an hour. Uh, you didn't get the possibility of health insurance wasn't there, so you had to go private, but you also made $22 an hour, which is still pretty good money. Yeah, if you knock um, off $7 an they, hour for health insurance, health insurance is pretty expensive, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't paid for it in a long time because my, my wife gets it, so I don't know how much it is, but yeah. $7, it's probably $7 no, no, an hour. And I get that, but uh, at the same time, when they created the CCA position, it went from $22 an hour to $15 an hour. So you did the same job for considerably less money. Um, and some guys... Uh, who were, you know, they had this part-time job at the time. They went, they literally went from making uh, $22 an hour to $15 an hour overnight. So it's, uh, wow. that was like, if you were there at the time, it was 
super shitty. You'd have to, uh, both family like, members would have to drive for Lyft to make up for that mm-hmm. amount. A, a lot, a lot of postal people do, uh, like, there's, like, I can look through our parking lot at my station and, you know, 10, 15% of them all have Uber or Lyft stickers on <laughs> That bumps me out. We that- actually... I want to say that bums me because, out because uh, post office is supposed to be a job that you don't need a side hustle for. Mm-hmm. That should definitely be a job you don't have to do Uber or Lyft in is post office. That's a hard job. Mm-hmm. That ain't easy. Yeah, I never, uh, I never really realized how difficult this job would be because you know, I, growing up in the suburbs, you only you have the mailbox. Guy drives up in the car, you know, puts your letters in the mailbox. Job is done. Uh, and my grandfather was actually a rural post office uh, mail mail carrier, and so he just drove his own car. Did the same thing uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, you know, there's you can't put mailboxes on the street, especially in the city. So it's all what they call park and loop. So you you park on the end of one block, go up the street, go down the other side, go back to your car, rinse, repeat for most of the day. That's how my dude and does it. We've had uh, we've had just a hellacious winter this year. So I've been, uh, I have a route that's in one of the more more affluent suburbs, and I've just been trudging through, you know, like a foot and a half of snow every day. Uh, You know, it was, it got down to like minus 25 at one point, and I'm outside, and I've got like my balaclava on, and I'm just like, my whole face is just ice. I had ice coming off my eyebrows. Oh my God. The good thing. How long have you been doing? Having to get back in the car all the time. How long have you been doing? Say that again. How long have you been doing it? I've only been doing it since May of last year, and like I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to not doing it anymore. Oh really? Uh, Yeah. Well, I'll say this. My deal is a little bit weird. Yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. It, it like your 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 skin seasons to that weather at some point. And you stop feeling cold because like I can walk outside in shorts. I walk outside without my shoes on in the winter now to like take my wife to work and stuff. I like it's almost like I don't feel. I don't get the. I don't like cold weather. I hate the winter. I get you know. I've said I get depressed all winter every year. The, the leaves are off the trees and stuff. But it's not because it's cold. My house is 58 degrees when I'm sleeping. I set oh my God. the heat down to 58 degrees, and then I put a box fan on me, and directly on yeah. me. I, I am cold because, like, I don't care. I Like, I worked yeah. outside for so long. Once you've climbed a ladder in the middle of the country and had the wind whipping across a cornfield at your face, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I don't really care. It's the same thing, like, when we used to have to run lines in those places, like, trudging through backyards with like a foot of snow and having to run cable from a pole to somebody's house like the whole time you're just thinking they, they don't need cable this bad and I, yeah. i'm sure you're thinking the same yeah. thing like i'm dropping off penny savers to people's houses <laughs> yeah I've, I've got all these i'm just like i don't care what doodad you ordered from amazon like you don't need me to deliver it when it's this cold outside like you can wait a couple days or you can you can come to the post office and get it. Like I'll leave it there for you. Go ahead. Uh, how often are but, you? Yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. How often are you getting ridiculous pack packages like mini fridges and like car cars, disassembled cars and shit like that? Or like those uh, new those new? Uh, I, I'd say they were selling houses on there, kit houses, mattresses. <laughs> a few times a week. We did we did have one guy try and have us deliver a box spring mattress like a like a hundred pound box spring mattress like how? Just said no, no like you have to come get 
we just we delivered a piece of paper that said this is too heavy for one person please come get it yourself or we're just going to send it back did he get mad did he come uh, in and be like this post office fucking sucks man they won't do it <laughs> they used to ride a horse yeah, across, the, across the goddamn country to get you your package yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's ridiculous, because we've got um, the worst offenders with Amazon. There's there's two things I hate more than anything else, and one of them was mentioned in that article that was posted, that you guys posted. Uh, the number one thing I hate is the Amazon pantry, so where you get that big box full of, you know, whatever foodstuffs and... Uh, you know, your pudding cups or whatever that you fill up. <laughs> your toilet paper. Only... Black beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they deliver one size of this. Like, there's one size of the box. And if you've ever... Someone told me this, because I refused to do it after delivering them. It's when you order it on Amazon. The Amazon site encourages you to fill up the box as much as you can. <laughs> no. So it's just like, oh, you have, like, this much more space. Would you like some of these things? So every time you get one, it's completely full, and it's it's a very odd. It's basically like a like a cooler, like an igloo chest cooler that you'd be taken out to the beach. Except it's full of like cans of beans. <laughs> I, I'm looking they at end up it. Weighing like thirty or forty pounds when you get them. Yeah, and pretty unwieldy. No, like, easy way to pick it up because it's an awkward size. So you just end up kind of like I'm a big guy, so I end up like bear hugging it and what. But of course, it's always these like you know suburban palaces that order it. So you park on the street, and then you have to walk up like two flights of stairs in the ice, and just hope you don't slip and die and plop it on their front porch. You're right. Uh, and then the other thing that sucks worse, probably, is dog food, because people will order <laughs> literally fifty pound bags of dog food. And then Amazon will put that in a cardboard box. Of course they will. Of course. They have to do that. That, that They did. I got blue. I was saying about the blue apron. The box was enormous. And then it was filled with yeah. more packing materials. More boxes. More boxes. Yeah. There was four scallions in a bag. They had a bag <laughs> that had four scallions yeah. in it. And it's no. just. It's, and there are no handles it's, it's to pick it up. It's offensive how much waste this this entire enterprise produces like i had to i had to think about it one day because over uh, over over the sort of holiday season in december i actually got injured i had slipped on some ice and i i strained a stomach muscle trying not to fall down and so like the next day i was out doing my route and then i took a step and my whole left side just like seized up i could barely breathe that's a powerful and injury, so though. Like, that's a power, like that's a, yeah, that's a powerful it, injury. <laughs> it, it, it was extremely painful, um, and also uh, that time of year, the 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 holiday season, basically from Thanksgiving through January, they sort of take off the gloves, and you basically work as much overtime as your body can handle. So I lost out on a lot of money, even though. You know, I was kind of glad to not be working at some point. But uh, what they had me do because I couldn't go deliver mail or packages or anything was I had to sort through the the waste mail that you get. So whenever you have stuff that you can't deliver, or uh, you know, someone doesn't live in the house anymore for whatever reason, you can't deliver this mail, then it has to be thrown out. But we can't just throw away the mail. We have to make sure that it's not like first class mail or something that. Uh, you know, they paid for for us to process in a certain way. So literally, I had to sit there for eight hours at a time and go through these 
buckets of just bad mail and make sure that it was stuff that was okay to be recycled. And by the time I was done, and we have a fairly large station, I had filled up like like 20 or 30 tubs with just, you know, like just paper stuff. And I was like, you know, if, if this is one station in a large metro area, then multiply that across the United States. And every day there's just, you know, tons and tons of paper and packaging that's just just garbage and yeah. it's got to go somewhere and they're like oh we recycle it and i'm like i don't know how much of this you can actually like those really glossy sort of insert things and, yeah uh, like pizza coupon kind of stuff i'm just like this is all really bad like garbage that will be around for the next hundred years like, this is ridiculous yeah recycling has its costs i mean you got to run machinery and they usually end up shipping it across the fucking globe I said globe. Yeah. I just I botched. Yeah, that. I, and then, that. I mean the the, the fleet spot. of coastal vehicles and the and the fuel that we must consume is just is, is staggering. You know what? My my biggest pet peeve, the one that I really latched onto, was uh, insurance agent magnets. Like the way that they just hand those oh. out everywhere you go, and I yeah. just think of like all of these magnets just like running off of a reel, just like constantly, mm-hmm. never stopping, with like. You know, yeah. all these different Mitches and Susies that have their own insurance agency now and want to give you a calendar or, like, the local baseball game yeah. schedule, you know? I just and then put it on a magnet. And, like, uh, and uh, uh, especially around here is uh, real estate agents. I deliver more, you know, like, oh, are you thinking of selling your home? Why don't you contact <laughs> me instead of the other guy? I, like, every day there's literally... Like uh, some days I'll deliver two different like competing real estate agents little flyer to you know every single house on my route. It's it's insane. So uh, what do you think? Do you just think what, what do you think? There needs to be more people to handle the boxes. Uh, does that need to be not be a part of the post office? Are we getting screwed in this deal? Which, no, I think if you took it away the, from the post office, people that would be a problem too. I think they need to hire. I mean, we're asking a guy that works there, but hiring people, right? would be the thing yeah well right now i mean uh we because again with with the the holiday busy season behind us i sort of expected things to slow down and they haven't at all which is what's killing me is that uh today was actually a good amazon day for me i got out in about seven hours which is almost unheard of now but um we just don't have the people to handle the amount of stuff so right now in the greater twin cities metro area every single cca only gets a single day a week off uh because we have to work sundays so like uh last week i had monday off this week i get tuesday off and i have to like and i need it to like go do like my taxes and all this other like i need to clean my house and that kind of stuff right um and so it's not on even top like a set of that, day. you're working these days, and then I'm working an average of, like, probably 10 to 11 hours on most days. So, like, I'm I'm in my mid-30s. I didn't think I'd be doing this job. And, like, I've, I've lost a tremendous amount of weight, but my body is, like, breaking down. I'm just like, you can't. There's no way you can keep doing this just because of the physical demands of hauling this stuff around and getting it out of cars and like trying not to get hit by cars when you're out on the street. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. That, I mean, do you, do you work with any old timers? Have they kind of told you what's going on or how it's changed for them? Oh yeah. 
gain seniority, you can bid on different routes. You can even bid on different routes at other stations. So all of the old timers, and especially the guys, you know, who are still looking kind of spry, they all have apartment heavy routes because mm-hmm. you're not outside. You might have a lot of mail to deliver, especially to these like big sort of high rise. But you know, you're in a climate controlled environment for most of the day. The only time you have to walk around is, uh, you know, basically going back to the, the postal vehicle. Uh, but they're all, you know, the, the big difference, sort of like we had mentioned earlier, is that the, the volume of mail used to be incredible, you know, because people were sending their, every, everything you do by email, of course, used to still have to be done. It was just done through, through snail mail, through regular mail. So uh, they all talk about how much more mail it was. But also, um, a lot of the, the sorting of the mail has been automated. So it used to be that you had you got all of the the letters and bills and whatnot, and you had to sort those by hand for your route. Now all of that is done by machine, so that makes it extremely convenient. But at the same time, they're like, well, now that you don't have to spend time sorting mail, they've made all of the routes much much longer. Oh God! So right. it used to be that you'd go out and you'd be on the street, you know, for like maybe four hours or so doing your route because you had four hours of sorting time in the office. And now they want you out, like, my boss, who is, like, every boss, especially because he's fierce for his job, he's, just, he's a huge prick. So he just, he literally stands and barks at us to get out earlier. He's just, 30, let's go, you need to be out of here. <laughs> and he'll just do that constantly the whole morning. And ever like, and we have a pretty strong reunion, so, like, people can just roll their eyes and not listen to him. But, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's not that I fear him or anything. I just don't want to listen to his stupid bullshit. So I'm just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here as soon as I can. That was, yeah, there's um, a, I think most people that you're delivering to probably could not walk for eight hours straight. <laughs> I would say that's a pretty no. unreasonable demand to make of the postal worker to be walking 100% of the shift. Yeah, and that's my route. is And I have really long, like a couple of mine like a split of mail where you just walk up and down the street. They're extremely long streets. So, and I looked it up one day. It's, it's, uh, it's 0.4 miles, uh, up and down the street for just one walking split. And I have like three of those in a row. So I'm just like stuffing the bag full of as many packages as I can carry with me. And then, excuse me, when you have such a long street, you also have to like split up the mail. And I, I never thought about how heavy mail actually yeah. is until I had <laughs> yeah. to start carrying this stuff around. Because these letters, these magazines, they, you know, you, you have, if every house in a block gets like one or two, you know, People magazine or whatever, you know, one, you're like, oh, who cares? But when you're carrying around 30 or 40 of them at a time, you're like, these are, these are kind of heavy. Yeah, that makes you wonder how they do the phone books. Those phone book people out there <laughs> deliver, like, they still deliver them to me. I don't know. Oh, you didn't sign up to get, I, I think they have to at a lot of places. I like, haven't there's, had there's one. There's, like, law that says you have to get the phone book. Yeah. I'm yeah, that sure. was for a while. I haven't had one in. I haven't had one yet, though, thankfully. We looked at an Amazon pantry box, by the way, and all of us were like, ooh. Yeah. It <laughs> is. No, you, you were right, though. It, it is. Think of, like, a cooler that you would take to the beach. And here's the thing, that seems pretty big, but think about the box that would have to contain all of that. Yeah. Like, it's huge. And yeah. it, there's no handles on it. Lindsay asked that, right? Yeah, it's like, it, you just, your hand slides, like it slides around in your hands, you don't have, like, handles to pick it up, and you have to, like, find a weird angle. Oh, and here's and- the best part. It says, on the box, it said, handles inside. 
So literally there's a box outside of the thing that has handles on it. So like me delivering it, I don't get to carry it. But once you just open it on your front porch or whatever, you have handles where you can then carry it into your kitchen or whatnot. <laughs> they do. They just don't give a shit. They don't care. I, I Look, I hate to That's be a bummer addictive. to you. I hate to be a bummer yeah. to you on this show. They don't care about you at all. Amazon does. You no, are no. a part we, of the We are all wheel. absolutely aware of this. <laughs> you, are, you are a part of the wheel that they care about less than their own employees. You know? Like, well, you're probably going to be one of their employees eventually if you stay at the post office. But yeah, Well, they, that's sort of, I mean, and, and that's the big thing where... Uh, you know, when when you when you think about this, and then when you have an administration like you know the Trump administration, where you know privatized everything was king, so many people would be happy if you know they just sold the post office to Amazon, and that would be such uh, a monumental disaster for everybody because we've let you know when when we talk about you know people complaining you know about the post office not delivering a mattress or something, all of a sudden it would just be like, yeah, you have to deliver this mattress. Or something ridiculous yeah. yeah and and then you know we make these these really unreasonable demands of of public service for what we give them so you know the post office it's a it, we own it it's a it's a it's a government operation it's part of the people uh and you know they talk about this huge deficit that the post office runs that wouldn't happen uh if not for Congress mandating that the post office has to fund their pensions 75 years into the future. So yeah, nobody that, else has uh, to do that. Every, that, was, that was a targeted attack. that we made. Say that again? It was a targeted attack on, yeah, on, on the it, post office. A, they were a, trying to prove it's a failure, I think, when they went for that. But go ahead. Sorry. I, I think so, too. And it's it's uh, it's, it's kind of disappointing because, I mean, some days I, I like what I do. Um, you know, it's, there's sort of, uh, it, it's almost like a noble profession at some point. Cause you're like, yeah, you know, this is people's stuff that we're delivering. This is mail. And then especially around the holidays, you're like, you know, we're, we're sort of helping Christmas happen. You know, stuff comes from across the globe and you're delivering it. And I had, you know, I had a, I had a couple people cheer when I showed up at the package that was from, you know, like Ireland or something like some, some relative had sent them something. They were like, oh my God, we never thought this would get here. Uh, so in in that way, it's 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 cool sometimes. Like it's not a bad job, but it's just uh, they 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 make this starting out part just so hellish, and and then they're just you know I can go to my union stewards and just be like this is kind of tough, and it's just like well you know you pay your dues, everyone's got to do it. And I'm like I don't I don't think you guys had to do all this stuff. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, where's your receipt? The, and then, yeah, and I've even said the the worst part of these Amazon Sundays, um, and it's happened quite a lot, is that I'll go to my station and I'll do a route, and then usually have you know like one or two people who you know call in sick or whatever and they'll show up. So we have another route that gets split up, and so I do mine plus a little extra, and then I get back, and then they'll be like, oh, you need to drive. Uh, in your own vehicle, like across town to this other station that needs help. Uh, and so it's just this sort of endless work cycle on a Sunday where even when you're finished with what you've done, you don't actually know if you're done for the day. You can just, they can send you right back out and Ooh. just be like, oh, well, you know, they need, they need help there. I don't know where I can send them. 
reminds me of my and, job. You know, it, it's it's mentally and physically just exhausting after a while. So I just can't. And I mean, yeah, it the deal is, I'd wanted to call in last week and talk about the same thing because I was I was looking for some 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 of that you know patented street fight advice. Uh, my my deal is that I've actually uh, I I got this gig because. Um, I knew that if I was going to get another hourly job, I wanted to get a union job. But I actually, like October 2016, I finished my PhD. I have a, a doctorate degree in German, and now I'm out delivering mail, uh, which I thought would be sort of, uh, would, would give me some time to find something better. And it's just, uh, I'm running into the problem now where I literally, I'm working so much and I'm so tired at the end of the day that I come home and I just crash. And so I have I have no time to like start a job search for anything better. Uh, and it's like like I said, I'm just sort of I've reached my end of, as far as what I can take. I would I mean my thing I was in the same position. You know I I didn't gra- I didn't graduate college I didn't even go to college I graduated high school through summer school and I got that job at the cable company I was making sixteen dollars an hour. And I was working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. I'm on call and stuff like that. And it's like, how am I, I want to, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like was what I would, th- I would go in and I'd be like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to look for a job. And it's like, I don't want to sit on monster.com when I get home <laughs> after working eight and yeah. a half hours a day. And it's like, oh, well then why don't you quit this job and get another job just to, a less intense job so you can do a job search and it's like no job is going to pay me $16 an hour with without any college you know and you're like and I I know it's tough out there for a PhD like you know it's hard out there (laughs) for a PhD there's just not a ton of there's not a ton of jobs right like like you could I guess you could teach you could teach German in like could you teach in school like in high school and and, well that's what I've that's what I'm told because there's a there's a couple people who are like, why are you doing this if you could you know go teach? And I've I've told them, and based on my paychecks, it's very true. I make way more money doing this yeah. than I would yeah. you know sort of being an adjunct at a college. But and, well, you're gonna and have I, there's to. There's also the added stress there of like you know from semester to semester, you don't know how many courses you're gonna get, so you don't have like a set income that you can rely on. Uh, in in the Twin Cities metro there's enough universities that you can sort of cobble together a decent living, but then you're driving across town all day or you're sitting on the bus all day to get to these different, uh, teaching positions. And I was just, I, I said early enough in my, in my, you know, grad school career, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's a, that's the biggest scam. Yeah. Is there like, could you teach at like high school or something like that? Would you be into like teaching like honors courses at high school or some sort of thing like that? I, I thought it, well, I, one is that Minnesota, the, the teachers union here is actually pretty awesome across the state. Um, so a lot of people do want to teach. Um, it, it's actually not a bad, a bad gig. I don't, I don't want to teach. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Uh, it, it's not that I hated it or anything. It's just, I was sort of like, there are people who are much better at this and much more passionate about it. And I had to, I had I had one year where I literally went around to different high schools that had German programs and would sort of promote our German program at the University of Minnesota and also talk about this uh, this exchange that I did when I was in high school that sent me to Germany. 
and uh, it was cool, but I was also like, I can't, I can't go back to high school. Like it's just <laughs> when you get back in the building, you're like, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe I survived this once. There's no way I could come back and do this full time. I wanted to teach bad kids in high school. That was like kind of when when I was in college. I just got out like in 2015. And I wanted to teach bad kids in high school. This ended up paying off, so I decided not to do go back to school and, and do the work to do that. Like, right. I, I guess, like, as far as, like, advice goes, I, I really think that, like, uh, you're, like, in the future you might make this money, but this might be, I mean, you might have to take a step back in money. It happens a lot of times throughout your adulthood. Yeah. It's not... It's not like don't feel bad about it, but you might have to like. It, I mean, I understand like you need the money, but like my thing is like don't feel like you're taking a backward step because making less money but being happy and not being worn out and being able to live like a rewarding yeah. life is just as yeah. good as having a ton of money. I mean, having a ton of money is great, but if you're working so much that you can't, don't feel like doing anything, then <laughs> but, having but, the but money is like, clear too. This is not a ton of money. Like this is, this is good money. I'm up to like, uh, 17, like 60 or something an hour, which is, which is pretty decent money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like in exchange for the work that I do, like, I'm just like, this is especially at this time of year, we've had so many people, you know, uh, falling on the ice and hurting themselves and uh, and then you have people who are just sort of you know oh I got hurt it hurts so bad and they're like okay yeah, that's my style you're on light duty <laughs> yeah like Brian and then, you, and then you as the healthy person have to pick up yeah <laughs> well yeah I would say I mean you got you have to pay you have to I mean you got hell to pay it's gonna suck um, if you want you want to find something else there's no other answer besides like you're going to have to do it at a time when you could probably be sleeping or relaxing um, and see if you can find an opportunity uh, casually figure out a system or a way set up a half hour or an hour to look for opportunities wherever you can find them and then see what you yeah. can get and, and figure out what that's going to be. And then my other thing is, uh, you know, learn how to live on less. You know, I, I think that it, actually adds a lot of power when your paycheck doesn't kind of affect how happy or what you can get done. Um, I've spent a lot of time like, you know, making rice and beans into a lot of great dinners. Yeah. And uh, that's what got us through the early days of having my kid and like me staying home with a baby and being a stay at home dad. It was like, I mean, we're living off one person's income, but you know, I'm making up for it in a lot of other ways. And uh, that was rewarding for me as well. Uh, and I felt like I was, I felt like I was more actively engaged with building the kind of life that I wanted to have versus being like, you know, subjected to the workload of my job, you know? Yeah, it's this crazy, like, privilege that, like, you have to, I, I think that, like, rich people get it. And then people who understand how to live off of nothing yeah. get it. There's only two ways to get this mm -hmm. kind of privilege. One of them is this freedom of like, I don't need anything. I don't care. I'll sleep on the floor. And the other one is I don't want for anything and I have enough money to get me through a tough time. It, it feels like the most dangerous right, place right. to be is where they're giving you just enough <laughs> to keep you coming back. Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah. You can, you yeah. can, you don't have to make every single dinner mm -hmm. at home. 
because that's where I'm at. Now that we have so much money coming, and we're like, I order out with food so much, and I'm like, this is yeah. such a fucking waste. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like I've never liked this. Yeah. I have we have so we have food but rotten in the refrigerator. It's hard to walk oh, away no. from a job where even if you're miserable, you've got just enough. Like they're paying you kind of just enough that like you can get by, but you can also like maybe buy that thing that you want. Or like you've got good health insurance, and they just—it's just enough to make you scared Dude, to walk away. This guy called him golden handcuffs one time. He said, "I got—I was going to leave for yeah. a better job." He's like, "I got a pair of golden handcuffs for you that yeah. I think will change your mind," and they did. It was like sixteen dollars oh, an hour. That's what did it. I'm with you. I had that. I was yeah. like, "Dude, I can buy my weed every single every two weeks. I can go get my drugs." <laughs> I can go buy a new outfit. And uh, we can, you know, if I need a new TV, I can just go buy a TV. How, why would I quit this I, job? This is ridiculous. I got game systems right now. When I got my first <laughs> social work job out of grad school, and I was like my first year out, and I was an intern, so they hired me on, and they did the same thing with like all of us who had like M, like master's degrees, bachelor's, like study specifically this, had our license, but it's our first job out of school, so they're like, so we're gonna offer you. You know, like thirty-four thousand, and like you know, to me, I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> you know, it was like I. No, I, and that's that's exactly yeah. Because I mean, you, uh, years of grad school, you you have to learn how to live frugally. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to have a program that was paid for, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a stipend, but it was like you know, I look back on my tax returns, and I'm like, I made eighteen thousand dollars, dude. <laughs> yeah. When you get that first, especially out of school, because I think like you you spend that time when like your friends maybe aren't doing that and they're getting jobs and you're seeing them get all this money and you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm like years behind you. And so when you start to get a taste of it, it's hard to like, and also you don't know. I didn't know any better. I thought that that like we were so overworked and it was you yeah. know, really unethical. And I had no idea because I had never known anything else and none of us had. And, like, they exploit the hell out of that. They call that paying dues, actually. Mm-hmm. That's what that's yeah, called. Yeah, you just got to pay yeah. your dues. No, my, Everybody's got to pay their dues. My, my, wife, my wife ended up in the same circumstances. She graduated from art school with, like, an architect, interior architect. And they were, like, 28000 a year and you only have to work 60 hours yeah. a week. You know, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And, and 32000 a year was 32000 more than I was making right. already. So I was like, hell yeah. But they, and I mean, when you all talk about like, we can do this later, but like small business tyrants, it's the same in like these, some of these systems. Like, I, I guess if it is like the post office or like social work stuff, they really put a lot on you. Like it's the people who are in charge and like maybe making the routes or like assigning us like caseloads. It's been so long since they've done that themselves that they just don't care anymore. Right. And they have no idea right. they, or they don't remember how hard it is or, like, maybe how things are different now. Or, yeah, how things are different. And also, I mean, what I feel the, the a lot of the sentiment is that is that, uh, well, it was actually miserable for me, so it's going to be miserable yeah. for you as well. We're not going to do anything to make the conditions any better. I, I oh, yeah. Well, it's, that sentiment when it comes from, like, like, my union reps, that's where I'm just, like... Like, there's supposed to be some progress, guys. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's the, the to... point of these new contracts is that so the exploitation that you suffered doesn't, like, it's not something that's just passed down. Yeah, that's got to feel it, hard it, to it, hear. The job is supposed to get better. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling in, man. I really appreciate yeah, thank it. thank you. Yeah, you uh, really highlighted a lot of that issue. Hey, no worries. You know, I wanted, 
I love you guys. Uh, I did want to have the sort of sobby moment where, you know, listening to Street Fight through through grad school and a lot of the hard times has really been a highlight. So uh, I love the hell out of what you guys do. Uh, I hope you can keep doing it. Uh, part part of the, the, the my grand post office paycheck has allowed me to donate my $8 to your Patreon every month. So I'm happy to be able to do that and help out. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate it. I, I know the feeling very well. My podcasts get me through every single load of dishes that I have to do, and I would be nowhere without yeah. them. So I, I appreciate I, that you show up and keep listening. We same. check the numbers, so we're keeping track. I do the same thing, man. I listen to podcasts all day. Mm-hmm. I got like somebody talking to me at every moment of every day, whether it's Daniel or Will yeah. Miniker or... <laughs> Well, thanks for calling. We're, people are calling in and saying they're getting busy signals. Now. What's the Twitter? What's oh, your Twitter yeah. for more? Uh, yeah, and if you're uh, if you're I, in the Twin I, Cities, help. You know, if you're in the Twin Cities and you ha- and you can think of some opportunities that might be good for a German somebody that has a PhD in German. Yeah, let us know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, I'm at uh, one word Budapest mission. Oh, I know uh, you. You're the best. I know yeah. you. I've been following you forever. I, yeah, I had. I felt kind of dumb because I had. I had to DM Brian earlier because I was like, "What's what's the number again?" I was like too lazy just to look it up, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just fuck it. I'll bug him. Fuck it." Well, thanks for calling. But yeah, that's it. It was really fun. Yeah, Thank you for guys. calling. Let's get some of these calls. Let, now, now everybody's going to expect that much time. I yeah, think. you got to be maybe if you're tapped in. If you're tapped into the what we're talking about, maybe you I can need get to that. know everything about jobs like that because those were the jobs I like lusted after when yeah. I was younger. Like I was like, oh god, if I could just get it at the fucking post office. See, I was that's a, and that's the thing too is my. Um, diet of cartoons and tv as a child did lead me to believe that there were prestigious positions in this world Mm -hmm. but when i think about it they were going they were going postal like they had already been doing that for five or six years (laughs) when i came up with this like the conditions have just been sliding down oh yeah since like the mayberry times you know but i were bad then too (laughs) well i mean there is I, I don't know. There just there was seem, there does seem to be a period of time where like a single income did keep some households together, and I don't know why we we have now pushed it to every household needs four jobs. Yeah, like the kids got to get jobs. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your kid better have a good idea as an entrepreneur, otherwise they're yeah. fucked. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do think I do have that is like we talk about garbage man mm-hmm. postal. These are things that have to happen. Well, I just see the, I see the immediate mm-hmm. necessity in them. What were yours, Lindsay? We don't have women on That's the true. show very often. My... What were your dream like working? Like, oh my god! When you were like, okay, like I being an adult sucks. If I can, mine was if I could get in at a utility or the post office, I was set. Oh, I always thought I could do DMV. I was kind of like, <laughs> if this pays a like a boatload, I'll do DMV. Well, I was a weird. I was. I don't. I feel like I don't count. Like I was a weird kid. So my dream jobs were a um, a professional soccer player. Okay. And that was the sport I was the worst at. I was like a three sport athlete. And I was terrible at soccer. I'm going to turn this around, and they're going to write that, a book about yeah, me someday. Yeah, that or a Supreme Court justice. Okay. And I don't think I knew what that meant. I just yeah. thought I literally thought you just kind of sat there. Um, yeah, gave your opinion on stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of doing that. I also did want to be Brett Michaels from Poison, but, too. Yeah, I wanted to be a ninja. <laughs> I'm like, also, though, like, maybe a year later, I've wanted to 
do kind of what I do since I was maybe nine. Sure. My wife said the same thing. So, like, I've just wanted to be... I mean, I didn't have, like, a therapist. You, or, yeah, you do kind of... I've been wanting to do that since I was, like, ten. Yeah. Brett and I were set. We knew... We Well, we we didn't end up having to, but I think both of us knew in our hearts when we were, like, ten years old that we were going to have to settle for something that we <laughs> didn't I, I think to. so, too. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I mean, I take pride in being the trash man. I mean, <laughs> like, fuck you all. I don't like. It. I think you're trash. It's I. I like it, but I also need to have other things. I've realized because it. I need like some sort of comedy outlet or some creative outlet because you have to be kind of like the person who puts out all the fire. So I work in yeah. crisis intervention. Right. I'm at like a health clinic, and. So I need to op- I need to like utilize a totally different part of my brain, and that's the part that's just like basically been brain damaged by like Twitter and like right. memes and the internet. Um, yeah, yeah, that is yeah, that's true. You do have I mean, you have a position that also once again we know that we need those. Like yeah. they're they're absolutely necessary. I wanted type to do thing. it. I would. Lo- I I'm, I'm going to have to have be you so on the good third show. I'm going to have to have you on the third show to talk about. Let's it, do it. I'm I, interested. I in that, so. you would be so good at it, and I think one thing with with my job is I'm just. So basically, uh, as at a medical clinic, and like you go into your doctor's office, and if you sometimes people go just to schedule an appointment to talk about like depression or anxiety or you know uh, loads of other things involving their mental health, and I'm kind of the person who comes in and like takes control of the appointment, like the doctor's out, and I just talk to the patient, and a lot of talk about like drug use and what I feel like makes me, you know, in my opinion, pretty good at it is the same thing I think Brian would be good at is like you have to just be like okay. And when people right. talk about like substance use and stuff, like, um, is that normal? That normal dose for you, or yeah. you know, that's how you're normal getting down. It's like, hard. How, do you, how do you party on a Friday night? And I have a different opinion, I think, than some therapists that I might work with. And it's you know, everyone has their own opinions. But for me, I'm of the mindset: if someone is like doing weed, is one that we have a big like sometimes disagreements on. Is that if someone is like weed is the only thing that makes me feel like I'm not going to kill myself. I'm like, yeah, then fucking do it. And, you know, when you're depressed, like, food's not tasting good. Even the shows you like to watch on TV might not be that fun. You don't feel anything. And and for me, it's like, if it works, then do it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know yourself better than I know you, so let's work with that. Right. And I think you've got kind of that same laid back. You're not going to lecture anybody. No. I actually had I a don't... guy one time trying to quit pain pills, like, a year after me that was like, would it be okay if I smoked weed or did Xanax? And I'm like, buddy, it's okay yeah. to do whatever the hell you're doing. But I did I did mention, like, maybe not Xanax. Maybe yeah. not don't do the Xan. Like, if you're doing recreational Xans, no. like... Using them to wean off of something else. Yeah, is a it's bad not. Idea. No, that's still a drug <laughs> no, problem. No. Yeah, let's 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 see if we can pull through because we're gonna we're, oh, yeah. we're probably heading up on break time soon. I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They've been waiting. You're good, man. Hey, this is a radio show. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, how's it going? Good. How about yourself? Hello. We're here. Good. It's uh, Michael from Berkeley, California. What's up, Michael? What's going on in Berkeley tonight? Not much, not much. It's it's cool. I wanted to uh, call in about a uh, small business tyrant. Oh, we love those. Yes. What's going on? Um. So, but before I got into that, I just wanted to say uh, solidarity with Grove City Erica about the uh, change situation and like people digging in their pockets, looking for like three pennies when their total is like five oh three, just to make it even. <laughs> Yeah, so they um, can't throw that change in the tip jar. They got to make sure that they can. 
it's it's tough because like I also love change. Like I'm the same way as like some other people where it's like I just have a big ass like water jug in my house that I put all my change in and then dump it out and just like make some money real quick or at least it feels like I'm making money even though it's like it's just accumulated but the thing that like gets me is when somebody like you know just like has you know like a like a Ziploc bag just like full of change and sorry I'm so nervous I can like barely talk um it's fine uh, those bags get so filthy too when oh you start God. carrying around changing a, in a Ziploc bag uh, and reusing it. Yeah, uh, it fucking me... the Ziploc seal broke on it's it. It's got like dust in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used it's to eroded. Love... I this is gonna sound so weird, and I'm not trying to take your thunder. I want to hear the small business tire no, story. No, 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 but I used to shove pennies in my mouth when I was a kid. <laughs> just like a pile. I would make oh. a stack of them, and then I would just put them in my mouth and oh. then spit them out. I just I've remember being like, I sw- I've swallowed a few. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good then. Because yeah. I have um, okay. elongated nostrils, and I can fit like a whole quarter up there, and maybe even like a half dollar. So I used to do that all the time for laughs. I stuck when I was like three. I stuck a pee up my nose, and they like it took forever for them to get it out. And they were like, "Don't ever do that again." And then like a week later, I did. Yes, it again. let's go on that ride. And they had to call somebody to come get it out. <laughs> My sister, um, yes. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean uh, it's just sticking stuff. Up. My sister <laughs> stuck a whole bunch of nerds up her nose one time. We just had to wait for them to melt. <laughs> just wait for them to melt. They're like, "Well, she's still breathing." They took her to the hospital, and they're like, "She's still breathing, and we can't really. We're not going to dig any tools up there. Just wait for them to melt." And that's what they did. That sounds painful because I feel like they're kind of sour. Yeah, they're like yeah. really tart. <laughs> like in stings your, in your nasal like cavity. Nerd. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. So, what kind of job um, do you do? Yeah. What What kind of job are you at w- with the small business? Oh, um, well, the job I'm at now is just a magazine and bookstore. But um, the job with like the tyrant was um, it was actually like a it was a pie shop in like the Mission District of San Francisco, and um, it was it was really weird because you know they you know they present themselves and I guess in a similar way that like Burgerville does where it's like, you know, we try to, like, source everything locally, you know, we try to, like, treat our employees right, and they have this, like, reputation, for whatever reason, of being, like, a non-profit, um, even though they aren't. Um, <laughs> so, like, That's a good like, yeah. We need to be, we're a non-profit. <laughs> Street yeah, Fight Media I mean, LLC, we're a non-profit. We, we donate a lot of the, you know. We donate profits. our time to all kinds of people's problems on the It's kind of like it's part of their image is, like, being, like, Tom's. Like yeah. the shoes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do you think Tom's yeah, really gives those shoes like, to people? I don't know. I don't no, feel it's like probably it. a pair where like one's a seven and a half and one's like a, <laughs> no, they, a six. <laughs> the left, yeah, the mismatch <laughs> gets sent back from the store. Uh, yeah, or they like send credits over. They probably just like we send them like oh, enough God. credits for the shoes. Yeah, they just need to log on to get on Instagram <laughs> to live. Tom's. Tom, get on Instagram yeah. live and start delivering shoes, my man. Yeah, this is kind. I, this, like to see that. this actually reminds and me. Take our survey. <laughs> yeah, this actually reminds me of the Burgerville thing. We we we've been talking about this. I think this is a theme that's been on the the kind of edge of our small business tyrant talk. But there is there are these businesses that run themselves like they're like we're good. We're the mm-hmm. good guys. You know, we care about progressive mm-hmm. politics and stuff. And I'm gonna mm-hmm. guess 
right now that you were not making fifteen dollars an hour exactly. with health insurance at that job. Oh, absolutely not. No, I mean I like I know you guys are shitty, so like I'm not gonna like tell like every single reason from this job because there were so many. It was such like a shitty. Oh, oh, yeah, it's just such a shitty job um, for like lots of reasons, especially with regards to like pay. Obviously, like most industry jobs like you're, you're like rarely getting you know um compensated like fairly but um the like one of the things like always like in my ass about this like job was that or like the initial thing that like really like set off a red flag um was like if someone asks like you know if we're in you know politely tell them actually like sorry like we're a uh, for-profit business and the first time i heard that i was like i was just like okay fine but then the more I thought about it, it was just like, what does that even mean? Like, why are you like specifying for-profit business? Like, this is just a business. I'm sorry, you like, cut out. <laughs> you cut out for a second there. It's when people ask you. What question did people ask you that? Ask. Oh, people would ask like, like, oh, like, are you like, are you a nonprofit? Like, um, like, as I heard you were a nonprofit. Like, is that right? And the line we were supposed to tell them was, no, we're actually a for-profit business. Oh. Okay. As if that was like. I mean, oh, yeah. It's honest. Like, You're putting vibes yeah. out, though. I think the way he's explaining it is that they're putting some vibes out. Like, nobody mm-hmm. should walk into a business and be like, mm-hmm. hey, y'all for profit or not for profit? That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, right. there's a reason that we specify things are non-profit. Yeah. Because it's assumed that they are all for profit. <laughs> hey, do y'all, do y'all profit yeah, from this yeah. place? <laughs> yeah. You're not even profiting off a lick of yeah, this. It sure is nice of you guys to just give us this stuff. <laughs> We're just paying what it costs and not to ask make for it. anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It makes sense now. But I, but yeah, it was just like this BS line that like they would feed customers and like feed themselves. Honestly, like that they were, you know, somehow different from any other like, you know, cafe. Um, it is cafes that do that more than anything, too. Cafes will try to make you think, like, oh, you know, we're like a community center here. No, but they're, <laughs> but actually, but in the location that you're at, though, there probably are legitimate co-op cafes, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. There are, yeah. Oh, yeah, there totally are. That's the thing. Like, there's, um, there's like, a, like, a, like a network of, like, cooperative um, cafes called There's Menu that's, like, all over the place in the area. And, like, they have that reputation and, like, you know, it's all all the profit is, like, shared and, like, put back into the business. But this is, like, absolutely not that kind of company. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Their yeah, marketing is working. Their marketing works You're ba- so well. So you were basically, like, the disclaimer line on, like, a pre-approved credit card application. <laughs> like, no, we don't actually run it. We just look like we run a co-op. It sounds very, like, libertarian. Like, we don't give a fuck, but we're kind of trying to make it kind of cool. Yeah. Part of me thinks that part of it, part of me gets the vibe that there are people who want to do the right thing, but also want to, like, have mm-hmm. a pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's exactly that kind of situation. Like, the two owners actually own the entire building that the cafe is in. It's, like, a three-story, like, Victorian. Um, and so, like, they're not paying rent on their space, right? They have a second home, like, in the like in the farmland of, like, the like Napa Valley area. And they, like, you know, refuse to, like, pay, like, any of their employees, like, more than, you know, like, the bare minimum and just, like, work them to the bone and then... You know, it's like everyone's like disposable, right? Like you can always get, 
um, like another person to work at a cafe. And it's just this like, I mean, it's a, like it's very like popular in the Bay Area, especially where it's like there's this self-righteous air about all these different businesses, which are really like not any better than your average like I don't know like you know cafe. I mean, if it doesn't pay a part of the country, if it doesn't pay a living wage and it doesn't have health insurance or anything, you might as well be at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's just that's all yeah. it is. You okay. know. So they- they provided like they. That's one thing they did. They did like have like employer-sponsored health insurance, which is like a big, Ooh. a big deal. Well, that's why you're also yeah. super replaceable at that point. It's like because people that work mm. in cafes, ain't nobody that does caf like works in cafes think they're ever gonna have health insurance. You <laughs> oh, know? you don't even ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my sister is a chef, and she went a number of years without health insurance, and now she's had a job with health insurance for about a year and a half, and she's like, I, ain't, I'm not giving up mm. this health insurance. No, every <laughs> my friend is a chef. To anybody in food preparation, it's like once you get to that glorious moment of health mm-hmm. insurance, you're like, I've really established my career in the food industry. Oh, man. Yeah, that was like a mark. I worked in food service a lot. That's like a badge of honor to finally yeah. have benefits. You made it. I remember you when I was working important. at a restaurant, one of my like coworkers, I was like, oh, RJ's in there talking to her about getting health insurance. Like, it was a huge deal. It's. I, I mean, mean, yeah, my my life goal is just to eventually get dental. And once I have like dental insurance, I'm going to feel like I'm like the shit. Yeah. Like, that is yeah, nice. I made it. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, like I can go to the but, dentist. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did. I just started that. I got that for the first time as well. And now I get my toothbrush from the dentist because I go like yeah, every six months, <laughs> and they're like, "Here's a toothbrush." I'm like, "Thanks, bro." I was gonna probably forget to do that for 18 months. Yeah, this is gonna be brushing my teeth on a stump of hairs until it's like splitting apart. <laughs> right. I'm just rubbing the the plastic against my teeth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so were they anyway, mean? Uh, thanks for... Oh, yeah. Thank, no, no, thanks what was, for calling. Okay, all right, all right. Thank, yeah. <laughs> I want to know what their worst offense was, though. Oh, yeah. Their what? Was there any, was there any moments where uh, shit broke down and someone, like, was a true small business tyrant awful? Um, so I would say that, like... Hmm, so there was, like, an instance where, like one of the pipes was clogged um, from like the espresso bar and that kind of like went down into the basement. And instead of calling a plumber, one of the owners was like, I got this. Like <laughs> I, I can fix this on my own. Love it. It's like this person has like no plumbing experience, but they're just watching. assumes they can do it. Yeah. They're watching YouTube. Um, yeah, exactly. And so they like, you know, open up the pipes in the basement, which is also where like everyone takes their breaks and they like open up the pipe and like, you know, just like this, like disgusting, like sludge. It's just like going everywhere. Like there's just, you know, pulling out like you know plastic tarps to cover everything up, and like instead of like at that point, like calling a professional in to like solve this, this person just kind of like martyred themselves and like continued to work on it. And like as they were doing so, like any person who like had to go to the break room to like take a ten or like take their thirty minute break was just like berated by the owner being like do you know why this has happened like do you understand this and like this friend of mine she was like down there and she was asked this question and she was like um like i don't i don't know it's just pipes just uh they, they get clogged at restaurants and they're like people aren't following the espresso protocols and so 
like, <laughs> <laughs> laying on the ground, just holding up filth. How did this? How did this orange rind get in this pipe? Oh how did this God. ball of hair get in this pipe? Dude, I have. Oh, dude, you just gave me a nightmare. Oh no! Anytime a manager or somebody decides they're gonna like. I'm going to do this. And then they oh get in there and they're just like, oh, look, somebody's not sweeping under the prep station. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. the, you got the you got time to lean. You got time to. Clean. Yeah. Oh, well, I see you all out back here grabbing ass and all the time. And and look, I, oh, I found an orange peel underneath the oh espresso machine. Yeah. And she just like had like all of this like crap, like just covering her like her face. And she's just like, like we're gonna have a meeting about this. Oh my god! And then you know, like you know, typical like small business tyrants, like very reactionary. And so like for the next like two weeks, like every like you know, every like briefing before like the night shift was like, okay, like the pipes, like you know, they're not doing well right now. Like you need to like not let a single like ground of like spent coffee like go down the drain. Like you need to make sure you like dump oh all god. of that in the trash. Post-it notes on they everything. Never, they'll never fix the plumbing in like Oh my god. Never. That, they would rather die than get the, the <laughs> call a plumber and come in there and fix something. Because I, mean, I had when I worked at the uh, diner that I worked at, they had the drain on the floor. You couldn't uh-huh. you it backed up all the time and you would just be standing there oh, and yeah. all of a sudden you'd be in a puddle of water. I'm like why don't you call a fucking plumber or something? Because right. he would come in and start yelling no. and start telling everybody oh, to clean no it way. up. Just like it's jam like, a you... mop handle down there. <laughs> yeah. So see, it's fine. Stop. Stop complaining. What? It's my business. Why are you telling me to call a plumber? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all like boxy and like there's just like hair that's like mixed with dirt and it's like growing fungus. So yeah. like instead of just like cleaning it out with like a router or something, a router, you just like just like I don't know, like have like your employee like scrub it with a tooth toothbrush yeah. so it comes back in like a week. We're, we, un- so we're unscrewing all like, this pipe. Have, like, yeah. Well, the thing is, okay, so, like, maybe this is, like, unethical, but we had one of those square point-of-sale systems, and so you can, like, go back in time on, like, the square, like, app and see, like, oh, what were sales for, like, 2015? Like, what were they, like, 2014 or whatever? And, like, this friend of mine, we, like, you know, saw what sales were for, like, the past, like, year. And was, like over two, it was like over two and a half million dollars. Yeah, that will create like, some dissent. Oh my god, it was like the easiest way to like get everybody on shift. Like, just I mean, it wasn't like just to like get them mad at like in general, but it was just like every time a corner was like cut, like in order to like you know save money or like you know just any kind of like yeah, we don't have time there was a certain like new policy put in place to like <laughs> yeah. you know, pinch a penny or something. That's when you like go to that, you know, co work and it's like, well, do you like know how much they like make here every year? Like like they're not paying rent, like I'm sure the property tax is high, but like two and a half million dollars and you have like ah, but you don't have like the sense to call a plumber, you'd rather just like get covered in I don't know, like espresso splooge, like I have no idea why, like I don't know. I love that I image. Like Imagine a, money. a basement full of coffee grounds and some angry person rolling around and screaming in it. <laughs> dude, I, dude, it's all I you're, keep thinking. You're really, this is the most flashbacky I've ever yeah, been. And I'm sure they don't let you eat any of the food. <laughs> no. if you, like, God forbid you have a 12-hour, 13-hour shift and you're starving. Right. But if you want to make a chicken sandwich 
you got to pay for at least half of it. Right. Yeah. Or you got to go report exactly. it. You got to go report oh, it to somebody. You got to have like bullshit. be pulled out there like a child and like we're going to give you this for free yeah. now, but it's only because you but work one. real real hard. The you same, earned it. You did all your chores. The so same this is your sandwich, allowance. The same sandwich that I'm running up and down flights of steps to deliver to people. <laughs> I can't eat just one. I can't shove one down my throat in right. 20 seconds because you won't even let us have a break and I have to like inhale it. I have to still pay for that. <laughs> Fuck you. And also, at a restaurant, if you're not if you're not seeing like when I was serving, if we were like dead in like February, if there are like five people on, they're never going to cut somebody. Oh, I know. They're like, oh, we might get a, we might get a hundred people coming in at once, so <laughs> we need y'all on the floor. And they make us all stay. But what my manager would do is he would go, okay, well, no one's here. Everyone, go scrub the steps. And we'd oh, get our hands and, oh and on our hands and knees scrubbing the steps for three dollars an hour. And I was the oh, dumbass who was like, oh, so can we get put on hostess pay while we're doing that? Because then we'd at least get $7 an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, no, you're a server. So we're getting paid like $3 an hour to just like scrub the steps and like, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, gross. Thing, it was like they had like a large menu. And so you'd have like all of the like crappy items where like, okay, free, like on your break, you can eat them. But then they would make, like, stews and, like, pot pies. And it's like, oh, that's, like, half price. And you need to, like, yeah. tell, like, your shift captain that, like, you're going to eat that and pay and for we it. Don't and have the cooks are usually happy to make it like, for you. Like, you yeah, get in cool with the like, cooks. All the stuff possible. And then, the, like, the manager, like, the owner would be like, boy, like, you have an appetite. And it's like, yeah. you know what? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, I have an appetite. Like, and I'm getting, like, 15 minutes to, like, like, yeah. I need to eat as much as I can because, like, I have another four hours, like, ahead of it. And, dude, when and you're... you know what? Like, I don't want to eat, like, another frozen pizza at home. So, when... like, just Ooh, you're hungry. Me... You're hungry. You probably need a nap exactly. after this. Yeah. Boy, when you're, you're in food service, well, 15 minutes to yourself is just, like, a gift. That, that doesn't happen. It's a gift from God. Give you an inch, you'll take a mile. Yeah. And I just want to eat this yeah. goddamn sandwich with no one bothering me. Because, like, I needed to survive. Yeah. I needed to just continue <laughs> being a person. It, the markup on food, too, is like, I mean, it costs 75 cents yeah. to make most of the food that you're eating. Yeah. They act like you really exactly. put them upon. Like, they act like you asked if you could go see a movie in the middle of your shift. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, I don't know, a sandwich. Uh, we, we charge $6 yeah. for that now, and you know. We got in cool, like, with the guys yeah. who were the cooks. So they would always, they know how you liked your food. And they'd like, be like, oh, I'll make you... I'll make this sandwich for you, like, if we were really busy. And I was like, I don't know. He made me that sandwich. It's mine. You can't, like, charge me for that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of our little solidarity to each other is, you it's, know, to keep each other going. And it's part of the job. Yeah. It just yeah. feels, it makes yeah. so much sense that it's like, we're making the food. We get some of it. Yeah. Right? Right? We get some of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. I would be, like, eating, I was eating once, and, like, she, like, sat across the table for me in the break room one of the owners and was just like you know when i was like growing up i would always you know stop eating just before i was really full that way i would like be looking forward to like my next meal <laughs> that is and i thought that was like so emblematic of like a very like privileged like affluent lifestyle yeah. where it's like you know you like you don't like you absolutely know you don't have to worry about that next meal coming so it's just like totally fine to like be like a little bit hungry at the end rather what? than like fully like satisfy yourself darling i think Not hunger is invigorating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for anyway, calling yeah, in we for, appreciate it my call, yeah. are you on twitter at all you knew i get that at in there um no, I'm not. I'm oh. not on Twitter, but Good yeah, for you. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate 
taking my call. Thank yeah. you. Have I mean, a, thank you for calling. You just, yeah, we that, pre- that was Vietnam War flashbacks for me. That manager yelling while he's like cleaning something yeah, up. They oh. did. They that's your dumbass idea, and now we have to deal with your attitude <laughs> yeah. about it. You're sitting in. The, you're leaning your head out of the bathroom door. They think they're our dads. They think they're <laughs> they everybody's do. dad. They do. <laughs> they do. I, you, I just picture them like they're cleaning like the side of the toilet with a toothbrush because they think that needs to be done, and they're leaning out of the door like. You know, you guys could really get in this grout every once in a while. Jesus. Come on. It's like, this is your business, man. Yeah. <laughs> Clean it up. Uh, all right. Let's see who's Let's on the do line. one more and then do a break and then come back and really get through. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I had to go in with that last one. I just feel like he left his hanging a little bit. All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Person that's stuck inside of a bag and wrestling with another person. Oh, uh, you're talking to ship pole. Oh, I just got ship rolled again. We keep getting ship rolled on this show. No, you keep coming up with better wacky gimmicks every time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what's the gimmick this time? Well, it sounded like you were rolling around inside of a sleeping bag with a radio at the beginning. So I thought you were you were pulling a prank gra- on us. I think you were grabbing your phone. But w- what's going on tonight, ship roll? I love, I love saying um, what's going on. Uh, hey, what's going on tonight, shit pro? What's doing, dude? <laughs> That's the name. Whoa. What's going on tonight, shit pro? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, I haven't called in a, in a few weeks, so, I've, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a lot to talk about, you know. Um, so I, I'm just going to get right into it. So uh, first of all, the uh, my workplace has accepted... Uh, the bone conduction earbuds. Whoa, that's a big win! A street fight victory. Well, not it's your victory. You deserve this victory. We won. We won one. This is organizing. This is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're we, filling... we won, and I've been using them. So you're filling your head. You're filling your cheekbones filled with all kinds of uh, vile podcasts now at work, right? Uh, pretty much. That's all I do all day is listen to leftist podcast. How did your coworkers feel about them? Were they like, did they get, do you get an extra high five or anything? Uh, well, okay. I, I was kind of a coward when it came to this. Basically, I asked a guy who the bosses respect a lot more to make it happen. Okay. That's, I, that's a smart I, move. I implanted the idea in him made him talk with the, the, the boss, and, you know, the, so that's that's how I did it. That's still a win. That's, that's exactly still a win. Sometimes, if you, sometimes you, get, you ruffle too many feathers and you won't get any headphones at all. Little, 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 three, little phrase called, by any means necessary. <laughs> if you got to go through yeah, somebody yeah. that the boss likes, you got to go through somebody that the boss likes. You're Those fine. are the best people to get in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was just doing what Malcolm X did, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I think, now, now, that I, now that this story has come to like a conclusion, it's so funny that it's taken place over months and that like now I'm picturing these like high powered negotiating sessions like okay you're not going to accept one earbud would you accept bone conducting (laughs) earbud 
like it's just like a person sitting at a table across from another person figuring like, out how to listen to their podcast at geez kid i didn't think you'd be this tenacious about it but you got a lot of moxie this so really, you can have the bone conduction headphones yeah, this really seems to mean a lot to them they have like no idea how to relate it does suck how much he had to fight for him, that though. Sucks. It does suck to have... Because now there's now there's an earbud tax at their work. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's like a... Now there's an earbud yeah, tax. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went ahead and bought some pretty good ones, and they are not cheap. Um, you know, but it's like, shit, uh, it's, it's worth it. But now you can feel the podcast in your teeth, though. <laughs> yeah. Is it weird? Can I ask you if it, is it is it does it sound? I've never heard them before. I don't know what they are. Is, does it feel weird, or do you just hear it and then you can hear everything else happening too? Um, it depends on how loud you turn it up, but definitely, um, like you can listen to the you can put like earplugs in your ear and you can hear it fine. So it's like it's not it it's it really is just using the your bones to conduct the sound in your ears. That so is like cool. having little speakers. Like Do you have like a little hearing ear. aid in or what? No, no, it goes, it actually rests like on your cheeks. It doesn't go inside your ear oh. at all. They just like rest on the side and it just sends it through like your inner ear canal. Wow. I don't like want Felix's voice in my bone marrow. <laughs> 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 like I, I, that freaks, I'm weirded out now yeah. by it when you talk about it. I'm like, First of all, I don't like. Sometimes, hey, there's a there's a skull inside your head. I don't like to know. Sometimes you need to drown out your coworkers that badly. (laughs) I don't want to know what's under my skin at all. Please, let's not remind me that there's stuff under it. But what if you found out you could use what's under your skin to skirt the uh, headphone policy? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to get some, so I can listen to my uh, yacht rock playlist while I'm at work. (laughs) (laughs) So what else did you have, shit, bro? That, uh, this is good news. Um, you brought good news first. Yeah, I hope well, you don't have bad news last. That would that would. No, suck. no, I, I have. I, it's it's not good news, but it's just um, just something I've been thinking about. So uh, this is my last uh, semester of college, and I've been doing an internship with this uh, organization called Jobs with Justice. Uh, because after I graduate, I hope to work for a labor union in some way, either as a researcher or as an organizer. And uh, I finally got to sit down with uh, an organizer for Unite Here um, after I went to a picket. And uh, basically, he said, um, after co- when you finish school, call me up. We're looking for salts. And yes. uh, I don't know. I, was just, I, I, like, I talked about it with really? him, and he was saying, like, that's how I got into it. I was a salt for, like, three years. And... You know, it's 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 the only way to really you gotta you gotta organize your own workplace. You know, you gotta you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk. Dude, you know? you're like James Bond in a mechanic <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I guess so, but it was it it's still like just thinking about it was kind of scary because it's like I don't know. It's it's totally something I've, I I would have I've never done before. I have no experience with. Yeah, um, you just got to get the first one out of the way. I mean, you just got to get in there and do it, and I guess that's when you'll figure out where it's really at. But the thing is is that a lot of people have a whole life that revolves around their job, and they can't really go in there and create a disruption, but you are 
literally yeah. being told go in there and start disrupting. So you have like the free pass to go do that. I'd like to ask you a question though. Like, how are you in uncomfortable social situations? Because that might be the thing with it you have to think about. Because I'm terrible. I'm so bad in uncomfortable social situations that I can't even watch uncomfortable social situations on TV without freaking out a little bit. Can you like not watch like Nathan for you? Well, I love that show, oh, but okay. I close my eyes a lot. Yeah. Like when I watched uh, The Office, the oh, early yeah. Ricky Gervais Office, one of my favorite comedies of all time. But I would have to close my eyes sometimes or like leave the room when shit was happening. And it's the same way even with dramas. Like if there's a drama where there's yeah. going to be a big like confrontation or like a verbal confrontation i'd rather just watch people punch each other until they die than than see a verbal social altercation so are you are do you think that like you're going to be pretty comfortable because you're going to be in some very uncomfortable situations if you're assault If, if you're going for those that don't know assault is somebody who gets a job at a place with the express idea that they're going to start a union at that sp- at that place. And if you're going in as an assault, you're going to have a lot of uncomfortable situations and conversations. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, the way he described how he did it is that basically he, he, were, he was assault for like three and a half years at a hotel. He was like a, you know, like a, a desk person or something and he said basically the majority of his the majority of the time the campaign was underground management had no idea what was going on and that's the way it's supposed to be um you know and it wasn't till towards the end when the campaign went public that actually you know um i assume things got you know awkward where it's like you know you're actually confronting management you know openly um, but it seems like a lot of the work is just very slow, methodical gathering of data and creating relationships with your coworkers. Right. You're going to be um, in conversations mm-hmm. with coworkers, though, that might not be all that open to the idea of having a union. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people in the, in the service industry that really think of the union as the just people who take money out of your paycheck and yeah. don't give you anything. And, and like, you're going to have to explain like what that is you know like you're gonna have to explain like no that's not what we're doing and if you're looking to work for unite here that is i believe a very good union i did some research on them in college and the stuff i read they were working a lot with the fight for 15 and stuff so you might even be in a place where you can really make a huge difference in the world if you're salting a service industry job because those are the ones that need to be unionized more than anything now is those jobs yeah. And I mean, the the other cool thing about Unite here is that, you know, it's uh, definitely a union that um, represents low-wage workers and low-wage workers who are people of color, you know, and it kind of goes against the whole idea of that the union, you know, or the labor movement is kind of like this, you know, white male, um, you know, movement, but it, it's very much, you know, obviously not. We know that, but uh, probably most people don't know that. So, yeah, so or probably that idea also that, have to learn another language. Yeah, or that idea. I have idea to get around of, to learning Spanish. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, if you're doing a hotel, probably. I mean, if you're working in yeah. like a restaurant, if you're working in like a fast food place or something like that, you're probably going to work with mostly American, like people who speak English 
Maybe. Yeah, never mind. Know. I'm kind of wrong, but I don't know. Dude, this Spanish Burger King I used to go to was pretty fucking lit, man. Yeah. Like it was. I didn't know, know what was going on, but like you always got a lot of extra. I mean, it sucks. In DC. <laughs> it sucks not to make a lot of money, you know. But you were really yeah. doing. You would be really doing something important. I th- I think that's the sort of thing where like people will say that like what we do. Like I'll I'll always be like, oh, we're just joking around on the radio, and they'll be like, oh, it, what you guys do is important. But I'm like, a person that gets a job and works a job at a place that is soul crushing and hard with the express purpose of making it better for the other people that work there. That is a hero. That's like a, that, those are the type of people we need leading the leading labor movements. Now, you know, we do comedy, but like, I really think that, that like salts are, I'm, I mean, I'm just impressed with it. I'm really impressed. I'm, I'm really, I mean, if I actually, if I actually go ahead and do this, I'm definitely going to need you guys. (laughs) uh, You know, the, the comedy. (laughs) <laughs> we got yeah, you back. So, well, they're hard I jobs, mean, but you'll like. Also, you you're you'll be surprised at how you adjust to those sorts of things. Where like I worked at McDonald's for three months, and I remember the first week of that job saying, "I don't know if I I, I don't know if I can even work for a living. This is too much." And then by the end of the first month, it was just routine. You just mm-hmm. go in there, you do your thing, and you get out of there. You make friends. I mean, the good thing is the people that you're working with are, you know, a lot like Brett and I without the politics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but it. it yeah, it's one of those things. Ahead. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to talk about it, you got to be about it, man. I mean, I this is the yeah. decision is like whether you're going to take this on. Um, if you do, if you ultimately know it's not going to work out for you, I totally respect that. But if this is what you aspire to be and what you've been trying to go for, I mean, you just gotta just just gotta jump in feet first. Um, I'm sure that there are go there all of the the organizing the organizations behind them need like clerical data, all the boring stuff. So if you just want to do the chair force for the activists i mean that's also that's probably an opportunity you can still find i'm sure um but if this guy is in a position that you want to aspire to be and he says you got to go salton i mean you better go grab your mortons (laughs) you know like it's time yeah i mean basically what he said is he did that and then he he was a salt and basically he figured out i'm not a good organizer and became a became a researcher for the union so i assume maybe (laughs) It would be a similar path to me, you know, but it's still kind of this thing where it's like, I'm graduating college. Oh, you're supposed to start a, you know, career and, you know, make more money than you did, you know, before then. And it's like, no, I'm going to be working at a hotel probably. Yeah. So it's still kind of this thing where it's like, I, I, you know, I'll tell you what, man, you got so much time and you can take so many risks at this period of your life that you have the opportunity to just go bankrupt on it man and you really should take it um you know i i would love to get that chance again because i really spoiled mine and uh if, if you can just be clear-headed about it you 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 know you can move on a path that i think would probably be rewarding you know it does like i mean that's yeah. the thing too is like brian and i a lot of times are like man i really do feel like we should go get regular jobs at some point and I would like it just to talk to somebody that isn't like around me all the time. You know, I would yeah. like to brush up against other people. So, we you know, have time. I would love to get a part time job just to hang out with people at work. I mean, 
especially not needing one now. But then yeah. every part-time job you can get is like. I mean, it, yeah, it sours, of course, but you know, uh, you you still will, you know, you still have another thing going on. You know, it's it's really it's part of the process. It's not like this is your career is now that you work at a hotel. So. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's just like uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it is, it's, it's a thing that is going to require a leap of faith. And, you know, I'm a person who's pretty, I like my comfort zone, you know, but I, you know, I, I need to take that leap of faith. Yeah. And, What's your you fail know, rate kinda, like, like though? Like if you hmm. get handed too big of a process, do you like crumble up and just like fail miserably or do you, you quick on your feet? Can you make things happen? Uh, I mean, when it comes to school, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to be finishing school, so I know how to start something and finish something. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. You know? I mean, there, there, just come, there came a point in my life where I had a lot of financial scares and I had a lot of stuff I didn't know. And then after, like, the fifth or sixth or seventh and eighth one, it was like, I think I just can react and I think I can bounce back and I think I can – I have enough wherewithal to keep moving and, and make it happen. So um, – I mean, you're a smart guy. I mean, we've talked to you several times. I, I think you'll probably be fine, you know, and we'll be here to back you up if you need more advice. If you end up crashing this car, we'll help you clean up the, the mess, too. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Have a good night, shit, bro. You too. So we're going to hit a break now. Bye. We're going to hit a break now. We're going to come back. We're going to take a lot more calls. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you on hold. I, I mean, if I was listening and I was going to call in, I probably would just wait till next week. We will be here. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about not having us next week. We just got pay-per-view tickets last week. That's why we weren't here. But that ain't going to happen next week. Yeah, I couldn't pass that up. I watched, I took, um, I ate one mushroom, just one, yeah. because I couldn't drink and I couldn't smoke. So I was like, I can't go to this thing like sober, like some geek. <laughs> so I ate one mushroom and like halfway through you were like, are you all right? And I was just so content. Like I was just sitting there watching wrestling and soaking it all in and like just loving it. Like yeah. I wasn't like flipping my lid, but I was just like still like yeah. I was like I have nowhere else to I'd rather be or move or anything right yeah. now. Like it's perfect. Shrooms isn't a screaming at wrestlers. That is thing. true. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it doesn't really rile that up. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to hit a break now. We'll be back in a few minutes. I've got a few songs for you. You're going to love them. This is New Bodega Song.
Like the narco, narco got dope like Pablo. Pablo cut dope like Pablo. Cut dope, chat trees with the Draco. Draco on the north got Diego. Diego. Say I still a wego. We'll be in rapping kilo. Yeah. Stub nose with potato. Straight out the jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This real rap, no mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. My skin black like mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got stash spots in Honda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trees with the Draco. Draco on the north got Diego. Diego. Say I still a wego. Luego. We'll be in rapping kilo. Yeah. Stub nose with potato. Straight out the jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This real rap, no mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. My skin black like mumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got stash spots in Honda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straight out the jungle. Man, Cold gang with the cocaine. Cold. The more money make more rank. rank. Pouring up a paint while I'm back in propane. Bang. Point blank range, give a nigga nose rank. Skip to my lube with the pack and the cat. Chiffin, lube with the bricks, where they at? Where? Trippin', ooze, the paddock all wet. Ooh. Birds in the truck, they ain't leaving at the nest. Get <laughs> pie base set like milk. Yup, running with the pack, got slipped. Yep. Hands in the cookie jar, cut his finger off. <laughs> nigga being greedy, we gon' cut his tummy out. <laughs> Hundred bricks on the road, take a couple routes. Bricks. Flesh mama house, her man's in Philly couch. Hey. Uh, I ain't really with the razzle dazzle. Nah. Knock him off, but then I throw him off the boat paddle. <laughs> Go to your one, put the kilo on the saddle. Sack him, hit a lick and a pterodactyl, pap em, chop a bite down like an apple, match it with the acres, with the horses in the cow. Travel like the narco, narco, got dope like Pablo, Pablo, got dope like Pablo, cut dope, chop trees with the Draco, Draco, on the north got Diego, Diego, say I still a wego, we'll be in rapping kilo, yeah. stub nose with potato, straight out the jungle, yeah, 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 this real rap, no mumbo, yeah, 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 my skin black like mumbo, yeah, 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 Got stash spots in Honda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straight out the jungle. Man, leave me. No monkey in the jungle, fly hot like a sauna. Watching off and I'm trying to move an anaconda. Jumping in the water, trying to scoop across the water glass. See guards out, got me beat by Ferrano. Out, bag it, bag of money, know I gotta have it. Savage, but I'm still a gentleman in Cali. Static, nigga, turn them in about the cabbage. Uh. Till this old family, if you run up with your package. I just put a pack on the way to Bogota. Pack, poke his eyes out, and I'm telling what he saw. I'm a wild job, I don't know if he'll talk. Watch out, the chainsaw, I know my saw legs off. So. They know that we're a gang, but they said that we're a ring. Investigating, taking pictures of the whole team. Yeah. Undercover, trying to do a thing. Sitting there on a plane, going straight to the middle. 
Trapping like the narco, narco, got dope like Pablo. Pablo cut dope like Pablo. Cut dope, chop trees with the Draco. Draco on the knock got Diego. Diego, say I still a wego. Luego, we'll be in rapping kilo. Yeah, stub nose with potato. Straight out the jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. This real rap, no mumble. Yeah, 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 yeah. My skin black like mumble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got stash spots in Honda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Street Fighters. Thanks for coming back. Glad to have you here. It's Street Fight Sunday night, as usual. We are here taking your calls, 614-412-5252. Although the queue is very full right now, not sure if we're going to get to everybody. Um, we will be back next Sunday. Calls just drop. <laughs> Fuck this. Uh, uh, you know what I need to do, Brett, before we get back into the calls? What? So you said my transition into music was good. Now, the return was not as successful, of course. That's not my fault. It is, but it's not. Um, we just played How Did This Happen by, Bode- by Bodega, Cone of Light by the Almighty Defenders, and M- Narcos by Migos. So those are your songs. I had uh, to say what we played. We never say what we played, and that's kind of rude. <laughs> no, it's good to let people know. Uh and we are coming to you live from the Free Press Studios here in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Downtown. Downtown. Uh, we are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can get us on 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside the 270 outer belt here in Columbus, Ohio. Or just head over to WCRSFM.org. Click on Stream Live. It'll load up in whatever player you got. And uh, you can hear our shows as we record them. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show as a podcast. And I suggest you head to uh, WCRSFM.org. They actually have the oldest archive of Street Fight shows. So for those of you that want to listen to the kind of garbage we were doing six years ago, you can find that at WCRSFM.org. Uh, tonight in the studio, we do have a guest, Lindsay Martin, comedian from Chicago, Illinois, the big city. Uh, and you know her on Twitter, at Linzetta. She is now at Linzetta underscore. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the way of the future. Yeah. Is everybody adding let's just an try underscore? Try this again. Yeah. yeah. I get, what did you say? So, uh, so there was a good. There. Well, I also want to clarify. I'm not really a comedian. I'm an idiot with just a Twitter account. She's very funny though. But I. Uh, so this was like a day within like a 24 hour period. The the Parkland shooting had happened and. Um, you immediately saw these tweets showing up in your timeline that are, like, from the kids who were there. And that's before they got, you know, everyone who knew who they were. And to just see, like, them talking about it and then adults re- replying to them with just, like, terror, just nonsense and, you know, screaming at them after they had just kind of undergone this traumatic event. So I told some of those people to basically go fuck themselves. And then <laughs> a couple hours later, the, um, the, the shut up and dribble LeBron James thing. Happened, so I was already just angry. Yeah. I was already mad online that day, and yeah, I you know it wasn't really that much. It's kind of trolled people the same way all of us do it, where we just like reply to everything with like "No, it isn't." Yes, it is. You know, until they like go crazy, but they kind of just people just went on my timeline, um, and they'll just search anything with "kill" or "die" in it, like regardless of the con- like the context, um, and they report it all. And I guess just a bunch of people reported it, so yeah, it's yeah, gone, man. Just, it's gone. 
Wow, start over. It, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, what can yeah, you do? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm terrified of that. That's why I don't ever tell anybody anything. That's no. Why I'm I don't gonna, give anybody anything ever. I'm going to hit you over the head with an inflatable hammer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That like, is all kinds of stuff that you could say that they would be like, "That's you're wishing violence on." Yeah, that and like, the people oh, that Jesus. we're like arguing with, they're at is like the fourteen words are like, you know, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like just some horrible Nazi person, and they just don't use the buzz the buzzwords that like get picked up on that little like search bot, and yeah. so they don't. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Oh man, I'm, I, have you seen this like rash of like pictures of guys turning in their guns to police departments? Yes, that's so weird. That's to me, that's weird. Yeah. I don't want to give the cops my guns. No, <laughs> that's the last people I want to have. If I'm like having a moral quandary, maybe I'll just go outside and like Bury. smash them with a hammer or something. What about the guy that cut it up with his table saw, right? That hey, that's better than giving it to the cops. Yeah. Don't give anything to the cops. That's like saying like, oh, I got these drugs. I'm I'm quitting. I want to go take well them to the cops. Drop this weed off at the police department. <laughs> oh, that was actually a story that someone had sent to us. Um, a Goodwill in Oregon got a, a Rubbermaid tote that was filled with like three pounds of weed, and oh. they called the police to come get it. And there was like. You know, of course, the asshole cop posed with it, like holding it, like, <laughs> well, this is quite the surprise. And it's like. I mean, that's like my yearly stipe. Like, that's how much I'm going to smoke this year, dude. It's it's not dynamite, you know? Like, this shit, it's not going to do anything. It's not dangerous. Did you see the guy that was posing with seven grams in two jars? He had two jars, and there were seven grams split between two jars. That's me. That's me in my house. I got the mason jar. Like, this is my indica strain, and this is my sativa strain. So I kind of, you know, use them however I'm feeling throughout the day. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I... You got a gram sitting in there. Yeah. Yeah, and this the cop was like, the cop was like standing there all proud next to these things, and I'm like, you got fucking somebody's like yeah. halfway through right before re-up. Like, I buy weed every two weeks. You got their Friday weed. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of someone holding up like a fish. Yeah. That they just caught. They do that too. They will hold yeah. up a pathetic fish. Yeah. In, in in drug terms, you know. It's like holding up a minnow. Like, yeah. Look, look what we got. We come in a, in a blackberry. Yeah. <laughs> they always do. They'll have a flip phone, and then they'll have a stack of money, and then like some like rice crispy treats <laughs> yeah. that they found in somebody's car. These have marijuana in yeah. them, actually. Oof. Good thing this didn't get into some kid's yeah. hands. Yeah, I'm sure the adults would never make sure that it's got anybody's hands except themselves. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty greedy with my yeah, edibles. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sharing with the kid here. No, I know where they're at at all times. <laughs> and there's a lock. All right, we got to take calls. We just got to yeah, keep taking there. these boys until they're all gone. Well, most of them. Well, gals, non-binary pals too. I call. I'm calling the calls boys, not the people on the. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Right. Well, that's true because our artificial intelligence is so female, we need to even it out. All right, uh, I read oh, a whole yeah. story about that. <laughs> uh, that's weird. <laughs> thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, no, you waited so long you turned into a skeleton. <laughs> that's probably true. The share zone's on the phone. Actually, we've had the share zone in this studio, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh. I actually, I did today change the voice on my Siri to male because that article. 
Oh Jesus! I Brett. wish wanted to give it a shot. Brett gets into this thing. Brett gets into this thing where, like, I talked to him. Today. I want to know how the other half lives. I talked it's... to him today, and he's bumming, right? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what did I say to you? I was like, that blue ape. He's like, I'm thinking about getting blue apron. I was like, it's a bunch of packaging. He's I didn't like, I don't... say that. What? No, you said you got blue apron, and I said I have looked into it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then I, I was like, it's a bunch of packaging. You were like, I'm just giving up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's like, I also changed Siri's voice I, to male to balance out the sex dynamic, the gender dynamic. I like here. having Siri as a woman because I like. I guess I was trying to think about. It. I'm like, I just would. I would rather talk to a woman about this. It's like, yeah. like I'm like, I just don't want to have to like. It feels like I'm asking a man something that I don't want to be talking to him about. Right, that's emotional labor, Siri's though, like, right? Yeah, well, that's women that got to take on all those extra efforts. I know, and but I you agree. Gotta, though, if Siri but, wanted me to do it, I would do it for her. Imagine right, being a woman true. and having to get mansplained to yeah. by your phone. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I just there's a Wikipedia article that says. Well, actually, uh, take a left up here, not a right. <laughs> I get it. I, you know what? That was one of the more big things that Twitter taught me about the mansplaining thing. Because like, when somebody posts it. It, I cringe every time because I have in me the want to explain things to people, yeah. but I also understand like what what you're saying. I'm trying to explain this in a way that's like sometimes somebody's just re- saying something rhetorical. Yeah. You know, they're just saying, "Oh, I'm doing this." And they don't need an explanation. And there are a million dudes exactly like me who are like, oh, well, actually, I'd like to give you an explanation of this. I feel like I know how not to do that. I think women know the difference when we hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, when it's genuine and then when someone is, like, trying to, like, act like they know more than they do or, you know. I just like it when yeah. dudes. We can tell. I like it when dudes yell at women about, like, specifically women's stuff. Like, oh. that is, like... That's the chef kisses fingers moments for me when a yeah. woman says something like, "I think it sucks that you have to pay for for like tampons because that's a tax on being a woman." And then a dude will come in and be like, "Well, actually, actually. I think let me explain to you something about tampons." And you're just like, "Or actually, you shouldn't be using tampons. You should be doing this." And it's like a moon don't, cup. Don't explain, yeah, fucking tampons to a woman. Just don't. And it's well, just like at this point. You don't realize how many people are laughing at you. Like, everyone is laughing at you when you're doing this. I I do have the explainer thing in me, but I also have, like, I have so much shame that I don't want to be unloading information on somebody that isn't into it. So there's, like, things about my personality that I don't share with anybody. Like, I never talked to Brian about comic books for probably four or five years of knowing him because I'm like, that motherfucker doesn't care about comic books. Why am I going to sit here and explain to him about the intricate relationships of the early X-Men and shit? What is that going to do for him? So I keep that to myself, you know? Like, I really have to have an audience that's like, Mm -hmm. are you going to take this information in? Because I will deploy it, but you have to be into it. Otherwise, I'm not interested in just throwing it around. And are you like, once I let loose about it, I'm really going to go, so I'm going to make sure you're on board with it? Yeah, yeah. Unsolicited unsolicited information is the like no like it's just i didn't ask for this and like i really don't want it (laughs) like this was just the thought i had like for a second and i mean it just happens it's dudes it's a maybe it's just bred into dudes that's what twitter's for though is like when you have that stuff where you're like i need to talk about this or at somebody you know about this 
you're like, I guess I can just put it at Twitter. Like it's yeah, that's yeah. where I dispel just all the it. stuff that I know no one wants to talk to me about. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I do. I mean, we do need to figure out. I'm trying to raise my daughter to blather on and take over the whole room and figure out how to, to start <laughs> explaining things to people because that's you know a, a, one of the issues that we have with like even the Collins on the radio show is like we do want to have a lot of female um, callers and in, in like uh, input, but it's you're just everything is like shuts you down from like just sharing a stupid idea. Like there's so many, I feel like there's a lot of barriers in the way that like, I will say anything that comes into my mind without any sort of fear, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I know. I feel like I'm mansplaining to you. No, you're not. No. You're not at all. I'm <laughs> listening. This is but a I think there's like a difference show. because too, even like, and I can't speak for everyone. I like to learn things, but I also like, if I learn something interesting, I'm like, everybody, has to know this. Right, you're a zealot. <laughs> I find out something that I find, like, think a fun fact, and I'm like, oh, everyone needs to know this. And I want to just talk to at people, you know, about yeah. it. But, you know, but I also like to learn stuff. And so when someone is explaining things to me, like, I like that. I like learning that stuff. And, right. And it has to be relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I think people can tell the difference. And I think women can tell the difference, like, when someone had, like, read, like, if a guy, like, read a Wikipedia article, and he's like, I'm an expert on this, and blah, blah, blah. And they have, like, an arrogance to it. But, like, when there's not an arrogance to it, you can tell. You know right. I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I do know. Bullshit artists. Um, hey, I'm one. I'm, I'll tell you all kinds of stuff I don't know. <laughs> Anyone, usually when someone's in a position of power over you, you can usually tell when they're full of shit. Yeah. Because you have to. Yeah. And so I think with women and men, it can kind of be similar to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, my 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 wife actually something she said to me early on was just like she would point out certain people that were around and were like, he doesn't give a shit what women have to say. Like yeah. he just there's just I've tried to say something and I just get talked over or he he's looking at other guys in the room and there's just this guy will not uh, just acknowledge women. <laughs> he's like here they here they are and I'm like. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, I can't deny what you're saying. And I hear like my so my mom, uh, she's retired, but she was a lawyer, and she started in like the early '80s. And she told me like she'd be in a meeting with just like a bunch. Of, it was her and all men, and they'd be like, "Oh, Sandy, can you uh go run and get us some coffee?" <laughs> that's and she terrible. was like, "No, <laughs> are you kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. And so that I mean, that's always yeah. That's starting. Ooh, yeah, that's it's been a long battle. It has, yeah. <laughs> it's not even, yeah, it's not even moved. I, I mean, that's what like for me raising my daughter. Like the only thing, like the best idea I come up with is like make her so comfortable that she would call into like sports radio and just give her every yeah. single stupid thought she has in her brain. Because I feel like we oh. deny women. You get you you don't get a lot of that the same release that we get to to just yeah. be openly stupid or yeah that's <laughs> like so that. true that's such a good point yeah yeah i just yeah yeah sorry well thank you for not calling in mr skeleton we got some good content out of it skeleton uh, oh they were on the line this whole time <laughs> they were maybe they were listening i don't we know left them a voice i mail. didn't drop the call i was waiting for them to chime in that's we're very very um lenient on the show we give you about three <laughs> minutes to get on the phone let's see who's up next Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Oh, shit. Hello? That's you. What's up? Hello. Damn. You done did it. Oh, sorry. This... <laughs> sorry, I'm drunk as shit. That happens. <laughs> Thank I, you. I just call... <laughs> uh, so 
Sorry, I can't hear all of you. Oh, okay. I only turn the phone around. Tonight, basically. Oh. Huh? I said turn the phone around. <laughs> You're sick. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, uh. Oh. I called in. Oh. Ah, yeah, uh, sorry. I've been drinking like all night. Okay. I I, ca- I called in tonight because. You're going to get it. you got to focus, man. you got to one-eye it, maybe. Just go into one-eye mode and really just focus on it like Terminator style. Oh. I don't know. I think you lost it. <laughs> I think we lost it. Um, well, in the morning, count your empties, and then the next time, drink one less and see if you have the same problem. And then that's how you will know, like, what your limit is. Like, that's one methodology to figure out your drinking tolerance. So that's free advice from Street Fight Radio. Let's see who's on the line next. Uh, Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hello? Yeah, how's it going? Is that me? That's you, buddy. I'm Zane. How's it going, ma'am? Uh, it goes well, man. I, I didn't think I'd make it. I just DM'd you asking. I was saying I was hauling donkeys all day. You were doing what? <laughs> I was I was hauling donkeys all day. I was literally hauling ass. Is that like a slang term for something? <laughs> no. I was, I've had to load up donkeys in a trailer and take them three hours away and then get them off the trailer. Donkeys? <laughs> Are they yeah. ornery? Are the donkeys very ornery? Yeah, they're they're yeah, they're annoying as hell. <laughs> what were where were you taking like, the donkeys? <laughs> so it's a longer, sad, sadder story that I didn't even call to talk about. I was just surprised that uh, oh. I actually got on the radio. <laughs> yeah, you were taking some time um, to pontificate, think about them donkeys. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, my so my grandfather passed away a year and a half ago. We got a ranch out in the hill country of Texas, and. Uh, where my grandmother's selling it off because she can't take care of it no more and like they can't afford the family can't afford to like pay anybody to take care of it so i'm trying if she's selling it off and uh i had to haul these donkeys out like four hours away but it's good for them because they've been lived their whole life on 14 acres and now they got two thousand wow i mean yeah that's that's an upgrade and they don't have to do the ass farming anymore yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good for them. Oh, man. But uh, they'd, like, live their whole life on that piece of land. Getting them into that trailer was just, oh, geez. Uh, they'd never had a rope around their neck before, and they were just five. Just five. Um, but you, I called because I had a, a good uh, small business tyrant story. Did you learn any <laughs> lessons trying to get them donkeys into that trailer, though? Is there, like, some <laughs> advice we can pass on to the next guy, the gal that has to do this? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the donkeys are different than horses because, like, horses will just, like, if you tie, like, a halter on their on their face, they'll just follow you, but donkeys won't oh. do that. You actually have to, like, get a rope around their ass and then pull that. Oh, is that where that, like, <laughs> st- that stereotype that they're stubborn? Oh, that's a mule. Never yeah. Mind. Well, that, that, what is a, a donkey is, is a, mule? A, a mule is a donkey and a horse. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. so they got donkey blood in yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, I had to one time, I had to try to get a cow across a gravel road, and it was like a goddamn country saying. They're like, you can't never get no cow across a country, uh, across a gravel road. No, you can't. Oh, that son of a bitch fought <laughs> us like crazy. We were like yanking on the tail. There's like six kids pushing on it, and it did not budge. <laughs> That's like the most Ohio thing oh, I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. 
They had like that. That's where I learned how to run a gravel driveway uh, barefoot out there in Nelsonville. <laughs> so, so no, what's I'm your small in, business uh, tyrant I'm story? I'm out in Brady. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was working in Austin for a while. Um, these days I'm out in Brady, which is like a little 6,000 person town where like, if you point at the middle of Texas, that's where it is. Okay. I'm looking at my teeth. Um, but I was working in Austin at this, uh, this like one of those places. It's like iconic to Austin, which means it sucks to work there <laughs> because it's like only tourist and rich white people. Yeah, and they can run yeah. through. They have turnover where a bunch of people are oh, like, "This is going to be a great job." And like six yeah. months, they wash out. Yeah, yeah, because they think it's like, oh, this is like the cool Austin hippie town. Like it's got this great like liberal vibe. It's like, no, no, they don't give they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying uh, to get that money. Yeah, they're uh, like it was all right because they get you in there because I was I was cooking in the kitchen making like thirteen twenty five an hour, and it's like yeah thirteen twenty five an hour it's not really livable in Austin because our rent's through the roof these days, um, because they're gentrifying just the hell out of it. But uh, yeah, I mean it's popping. But it was like nice for like a cooking job thirteen twenty five was kind of okay. Uh, but it was very much a place where they're like, you're our family. Don't you worry about it. Like, oh, but they they, they would not actually concede anything to you. Uh, they just, like, say, no, you're our family. It's okay. Any, but, um, uh, any notable meltdowns or moments? Yeah. So I, I had a hard I'm I was listening to that episode uh, recently where you all doing the types of bad employees. And yes. I'm definitely like excuse master. Like you got an answer for I'm, everything. I got an answer for everything, man. <laughs> um, and so I was late like maybe six or seven times in two months. So that's a I take the bus and Austin Transit sucks. So I'd say half of that time it wasn't even my fault. And then they'd be like, "Well, you should have gotten up earlier." And I'm like, "Yo, it's not my fault. If the bus is 15 minutes late." <laughs> yeah, I'm. That's such I, bullshit. I, that's true. I've seen that battle throughout. I mean, my very first job, I, 15, there was only like the grocery store or Fazoli's hired. And there was this guy that took the bus and he would get written up like once or twice a month. And it always kept him from getting, he always kept him from getting like the next level on the reviews. Like it was just a constant hindrance. And it was like, you guys love the way that this yeah. guy makes pasta and hands out breadsticks. He gets here to do that by taking the bus, and we are at the we are at the mercy of the bus's schedule that day. End of story. Oh, and we and like Chicago, we yeah. all take it. We all take public transit, and we have like a. I mean, I drive like we have a grace period of five minutes. Oh god, we have to clock and like five minutes is like, you know what? Like you got you like left your wallet at home, or like there was traffic that day, or construction. There's always construction, or like it was raining. Like people are just gonna rush their asses to work, and like. It's unsafe, you know. Yeah. Five minutes, like you're gonna. I'm gonna get what I took eighteen cents from you. And what if it was fifteen? I mean, would that be the end of the world? Yeah. Right. What would that mean if it was fifteen minutes? I mean, let's. How much time is that actually? Yeah. So, like y'all's bus system, do you ever have it where like you you got to the bus stop like fifteen minutes early, but then the bus just like never comes? Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. We, I mean, Coda, our bus system is. Basically, it takes 45 minutes to get anywhere. There's no bus ride that isn't 45 minutes. And there's a lot of connections you got to do, too. And it doesn't run 24 hours. The bus routes only run 
their bus routes only run like north south so if you want to go east west like you're completely screwed unless you like go all the way into downtown and then switch to one of the two bus lines that goes east west like yeah, better get a razor scooter and bring it on the bus <laughs> right uh but but the, the one i wanted get to some get some uh the biggest meltdown <laughs> Um, and this is like so the week before this happened, I could kind of see like I was on the last legs of like them putting up with me being late because I'd say half the times I was late, I was straight up just hung over and the other half were because of the buses. <laughs> sure. Sure. And that happens. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all guilty of it at like a 22 year old job working in a kitchen that you don't really give a damn about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I had my uh, job. <laughs> I had 11 occurrences that I chose to get, but then I'd always be like, I can't come in today cause I'm sick now. And they're like, we're going to fire you. And it's like, but I'm really sick though. This, <laughs> this time, time I'm, sick. <laughs> I'm actually at the doctor's yeah, right this now. This time I mean it. <laughs> yeah. This time I mean it. Uh, and 55 year old people perfect. come in hung over. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, you know, true. that's not like a 22 year old thing. You're going to find as you get older. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody is coming in hungover. You like, really think people like knock it off when you're like 21? You're like, oh no, like no one's drinking like this. But yeah, people who are 40. That's how they get through the week. Oh yeah. Six pack Joe Dude, and two buck Chuck Jane. Cooks, like 40 year old cooks just drink. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I I you're if you're how else can you live? Day, you're hot. You're oh. tired. You've been getting yelled at by the boss all day, and I mean usually the cooks at like restaurants are also having like a like at a chain restaurant sort of thing or like what you're describing like the cooks are playing around all day like just they play too much yeah, a yeah, lot of times too. in the back like, <laughs> dude um, 1325 that is like a trap man that is like just mm-hmm. on the edge where you're yeah. like fuck i mean yeah. 11 would hurt i really want that extra dollar and a half you know yeah well, in austin you're lucky to find like a single room apartment for less than 700 dollars like Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But, I know so some people. I know the like folks the down there before. doing that too. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, so like I, the week before, I, I it, it's really up in the air whether I quit or was fired. Frankly, um, they love to do that because then you can't get unemployment. Yeah. Right. They we're just gonna cut your hours down to like maybe one day a week, and it's like no, screw y'all. But uh, um. It started, like, the week before this, and this is one of those places where, like, because it's an Austin icon, I guess, uh, like, people have been working there for, like, a decade, 15 years, and when I started working there, like, a month after I started working there, they got, like, a new manager maybe two months before I started working there, and then a month after I started working there, all these dudes who've been working there for decades started just quitting and going, like, I'm out, this is bullshit, she's changed everything, they're, like, they raised all the menu prices, but nobody got a raise. Uh, yeah uh and we can see the mini prices on the tickets that we're cooking so and we know like these guys who've been here for a decade too have like the the menus memorized um and they're sitting here like nobody got a raise they're using like worse ingredients that are cheaper now and they're like this is our job y'all we have pride in this shit and you're using just bad ingredients raising the prices on everything and not paying us more yeah because they're cooking and then there's people writing about like this iconic austin place that's gone down the tubes over the past few years and it's like they assume i mean not a lot we're like we're so conditioned not to think that it's like the employee that it's mm-hmm. not the oh it's not the owner's fault some other stuff is happening right someone that sucks in the kitchen yeah, yeah and then people that is, aren't working as hard now millennials don't do the mm-hmm. job right you know yeah and they and that is the, and the thing about those 
places too where a lot of folks I'm sure are coming in only one time in their life and they have to be presented with like this overpriced poorly made food and then you're put in front of it as like the representative if you're like the <laughs> yeah. server you know it's like ta-da here's the food you ordered and I'm serving it to you and it messes up your tips too or like yeah. I have to make it like I, I have to now make it with this garbage that you gave me to to cook or a lot of the uh tgi fridays where it's like boil in a bag or microwaved food uh and it's like there's not much going on here for me to be proud of exactly uh so it started like uh this this fight this story that i'm slowly building up um uh it started with uh we had this one server who'd been working there for like 15 years he was friends with all the managers and all that good stuff, straight up neo-fascist. Like, he was one of those guys, he came to work wearing like a Sons of Odin t-shirt. Like, it, it, have y'all heard of the Sons of Odin? They're like this like white supremacist militia, but with like Scandinavian roots. No, I don't know them. Oh, they're super messed up. Um, but this guy is a jerk. Odin. He's very much... Sons. Yeah. He's so he's so happy with his his his, his pure blood or whatever, uh, like he's covered in like the Scandinavian tattoos and all that, which I can't even say I've got a couple of those. But Brett probably uh, got a couple real problematic ones. Too. <laughs> oh, everybody has problematic tattoos. <laughs> That's what you get. What, yeah, what else would you get? <laughs> um, and he, I've been working there for maybe five months, and he felt that I had disrespected him in some way. Uh, which probably, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I definitely wasn't nice to him. <laughs> but he's definitely big and intimidating and bigger than me, and I'm not small. Uh, but he uh, he like pulled me aside in the kitchen and says like, "I'm gonna jump you in the alley behind work if you ever disrespect me again. What? And if you if you tell the managers I said this to you, I will cut your fucking ear off." Wow. Jeez. And I was like, well. I, I laughed in his face when he added that last bit because I like I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. You got to meet crazy with crazy sometimes. Yeah. You'd be like, I'll yeah, cut your ear off, my man. Go get me a knife. I'm going to cut my own ear off right now. <laughs> I'm cut mine and yours off. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> it's a knife I'm coming party. from you for you and all the sons of Odin. <laughs> I'm afraid of you. It's Come totally... and jump me. I'm ready. I concealed carry. Yeah, do it, man. Uh, that would scare him though. Thing I do is like this is one of those. <laughs> this is one of those things where like I think I should tell a manager now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff is like we need to get this guy the fuck out of here. Like how, you get that's a hard one to handle though. That is a tough mm-hmm. one because you're like I could go to the manager, but then I mean obviously it's me that went to the manager. Yeah, and this guy. I yeah, don't want this. This guy knows where I work. He's, like yeah. he's friends with the manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> To tell you the type of guy this guy is, though, just again, on top of the white supremacist thing, and it's just a funny side note, is that he got arrested for having sex with an 18-year-old in a graveyard about a week before this happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably you disrespected him by making fun of his graveyard proclivities. Um, But so I've been running late a lot, and then uh, I was already kind of on the chopping block. And uh, this one day, I, like, at seven like a reasonable time to go and have a couple drinks with your friends the night before you have to work in the morning right like 7 p.m like you can Mm. you can catch the last bus home at midnight you don't have to worry that much it'll be okay i think Um, two i i I, I, I like to think six o'clock 
if you're like if I had to get up the next day, you gotta eat dinner though. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm with you, man. Seven p.m. Yeah, yeah. I just I feel like when you that's go happy out, hour. When you go out, no happy hour ends at seven mm. p.m. And I feel like when you go well, out, I'm going at, to my friend's house. I'm not going to the bar. Like, okay, okay. Hey, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. Seven, <laughs> I would be worried that I would show. I would you know I was hours. showing it late if no. I went out at seven p.m. You drink as much alcohol as you can from seven p.m. to mid night and then you go to bed immediately mm. at midnight oh one and then you get eight hours of sleep you're done yeah. you're perfect exactly mm, okay i've tried that i mean i have i have done the math in my head but it never works out like that never works out for me when i make the plans and i do the math in my head like okay if i go to sleep by no, because now, you make the plan when you're like yeah you can't make the follow through if i go to sleep right now i'm gonna be okay i'll just go to sleep but well, then you never go to sleep right now. now it's like i'm gonna be up for another hour or two. that little devil with his uh, trident is just poking you mm-hmm. on the butt he's like you know what you're gonna do yeah. just do it just go just do just it one just more. go do it order food so you have to stay up for another hour and a half against <laughs> <laughs> quesadillas yeah, exactly. right now <laughs> I meant to leave myself 20 bucks, but then I really needed french fries. Yeah, I'm like, I guess I, I wanted to go to, I can either go to bed in 10 minutes or order food. And I always order food, and then I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be up till 3 because i got to wait for this to get here. <laughs> I should watch a movie. Yeah. yeah. I, should have a, I should do a come down by watching a movie. been behind on my TV shows lately. I always try to, like, come down by watching a movie, and it never works. No. It just gets more hyped. Right. I'm always... Yeah, I just put on podcasts. Yeah. I, I fall asleep listening to y'all assholes, like... I fall asleep listening to like a lot like guys talk about wrestling a lot of times. Like I'll just turn on a wrestling podcast and I'll lay there and be falling asleep. And uh, sometimes it works. I I read now, which turned. I know that makes me sound like a really intelligent person. You know, you're like this guy reads. He reads. This guy, he's reading books. But I read two pages and my eyes get heavy and I go right to sleep. It works. It's nah, like Tylenol PM. Get back into that shit. It's like Tylenol PM, yeah. man. It takes me six years to get through a book, but I get through them. I read the whole thing. It's like by the time I Twitter get... is reading. Yeah. No. No, no it's not. No, it's not it's no. definitely not. You got to read something that's it's... at least a page long. Sometimes <laughs> it's you like just... staring into a light yeah. bulb, man. You got to get. Oh you got to get. You like some e ink or like a regular old paper. To it's be like on. it's. It's the worst thing I've ever done to my brain. It's yeah. too interact. Twitter. The reason that like you can't sleep and do Twitter, like do Twitter in bed, is because it's too interactive. Like you're you're doing mm-hmm. stuff. You're you're like talking yeah. to people. It, yeah. you're, it requires more of you. That's why you have to. I'm telling you, you read a book. You're asleep within no, I'm with five you. pages. Twitter like activates me. Yeah, it does me no. too. I'm I get rolling, man. I'm, I'm like, like mm. I got this Twitter open. I'm gonna talk to this. Person. I need to talk about this. Do no. this. Let's get in a wrestling yeah. DM, man. Let's get some stuff going on. People need to know what well, I like think you about get in a troll these. fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Brett. Yeah, I get caught up in a troll. I got a fight with someone named like Deplorable Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say the best the best times in my life when I feel like I'm most on point is when I read before I go to bed. It just makes so much sense. It's like the best way to go to sleep. It, and it makes you, it yeah, does. It me of when I was a good kid in high school. Yeah, it makes you feel mm-hmm. kind of like wise too, a little bit. Yeah. Just, it doesn't wise. matter what you're reading. You're like, 
Oh, you know, you're in a conversation with somebody. And you're like, oh, I just finished this book. You know. Oh, I read yeah. the other day. I read. <laughs> and you're like, oh. I read this the other day. And then give, you're like, oh, what's that protuberance over there? Huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I read it somewhere. Oh. I read it somewhere. I read in a, in a book. Where yeah. I, when I read things, a from. chapter book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my book light. The battery ran out yeah. on my book light last night. I read a lot. Yeah. Was something I do. It's just, yeah. and I don't ever like. I'm not the type of person that's like I'm gonna sit down in this chair and read a book at like one o'clock in the afternoon or anything like oh you know it's a nice day I'm gonna go I'm gonna go lay down yeah. in a park and read a book that's never gonna there happen are, like whenever like they're like advertising like houses or apartments and they have like a little nook people are always like, oh I can just sit there and read and I'm like <laughs> you don't read now yeah. what makes you think you're right. gonna start reading that would prompt you have that little me nook too. in your hand yeah. I mean if I made a special space Nope, it wouldn't have. I was just about to like take the other side of that and be like, if there was a special place for me to go read with like a really uh-huh. comfortable chair, that would just turn out to be where I take naps. Yeah. That's where you rest your eyes, you mean? I have a friend that's like, I want to. I have a friend that had like a library at one point in his house. Like, he's like, I'm going to have a library. I'm going to have a room, a bunch of books in there. I'm going to check out my books and I'm going to read them. I'm going to read four books at a time and stuff like that. And I was always like, how often you go in there and read those oh. books? Like, how how often are you choosing I, I between watching Justified? Those are that I just fell asleep in the park all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you like take your phone, like, because I have it on my iPad, so I'll take my phone and my iPad. And I'm like, I'm gonna check Twitter real quick before I read. <laughs> and that's what I do. One of my, I tell you though, one of my favorites though is I like to read a book on the beach. Like on those beach vacations yeah. where like we're gonna be here for nine hours, I'm like I'm just gonna stare into this sci-fi fantasy book for mm-hmm. nine hours. Then. Yeah, I like I'll read like uh, I, yeah maybe like on a vacation. Sometimes I'll take a book and be like I'm gonna finish this book on vacation, and that's that's like feels real positive to me. I read during the day. I love it. Ugh, I, I love just laying out and like soaking it in. And plus, when something like a story grabs you, and I just you just basically announce to the rest of the household. I'm stuck in the middle of this book. Like every second that I'm not reading about it, I'm wondering oh, what's going to happen yeah. next. So yeah. you just have to like you, you want to find talk about it to people, but nobody else is reading that book. Exactly. Yes. Find something else to do. Like make other plans because I'm just going to be thinking about this book until I fucking finish it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just have them around. So uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Uh, well, thanks. For... Oh, I can finish that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. We we took you off uh, on a, a crazy. I'm so sorry. Yeah. On, a reading, on a beautiful reading tangent. So anyway, I go I go over to my friend's house. We're gonna have a couple drinks. Uh, at 8 p.m., the cops show up. Not for us. Uh, there is a raid across the street, or it looks like that. Uh, apparently, we find out later somebody had shot somebody like a couple streets over and allegedly run into this house that was across the street. So like. I now can't go anywhere. The cops won't let us out of the house. Like, I keep trying to leave uh, the house. And they're like, get back here there. There's a live shooter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that is I, a like, pain. I even tried to jump over the, yeah, I tried <laughs> to jump over the back fence once. And there was a cop <laughs> in the alley saying, if I see you again, I'm going to arrest you. <laughs> You're like, I don't care if I get killed, man. I just want to go home. <laughs> look, I'll take my chance. Hey, look. Can I sign a waiver <laughs> to run across this parking lot? Yeah. If I run into this shooter, I'll help you apprehend him, I guess. <laughs> no, I would never do that. I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. It's like, look, I'll, I'll risk it. By, I'll fight the shooter myself. I'm already in a 
very big altercation with a Nazi. With one of the yeah, sons of Odin <laughs> wants to yeah. kill me anyway. <laughs> uh, so it's like, we were just going to have a couple drinks. I was going to leave by midnight, get to work, because I really cannot be late again. Uh, especially since I'm like making complaints against like someone who's friends with the management. Yeah, you um, time. You want to be a model uh, employee in that situation. So basically, I just keep on drinking. I just keep on drinking with my friend. Uh, she ends up going to bed. She's like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, you should just go to bed on my couch. I'm like, no, I need to be able to leave at some point because I have to get to work. But I just keep drinking. It's like 4 a.m. and I keep still drinking. Yeah, uh, you shit the bed on that one. You're like, I am not yeah, going to know, work tomorrow. You're like, I have the best <laughs> excuse ever not to go to work. <laughs> yeah, I thought APD can collaborate this for me. Like, right. I was going to get uh, arrested if I came home, and I was very shocked. <laughs> I needed a lot of alcohol to make me feel better. When did they finish? When did they finish the lockdown? They fired 18 shots into the house. Um, that sounds like Texas. And they, yeah, they, they finished up around, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. That's finally when I was able to, like, get, an, uh, a, like, an Uber out of there. Um, because the buses had stopped, so I wasn't able to do that. Um, I did not make it to work the next day. I wouldn't either. But I yeah. was able to go in and be like, hey, like, I, this, I've got this news story that collaborates my excuse here. Like, <laughs> you brought the newspaper in. <laughs> I printed this internet article that I think will let you see that I'm 100% not guilty of sloughing <laughs> off. Yeah, also they fired 18 shots in the house. The guy was not in that house. Oh, shit. Well, that's, that's so a... they were just across the street at this house until 4 in the morning. Playing Army Man. Come out. He was not in there. <laughs> playing Army Man. <laughs> yeah, playing Army Man. <laughs> We know um, you're in there, goddammit. <laughs> Give up, Dirty Larry. <laughs> it all finally wraps up, and I'll wrap up the story because I'm, I know you also have more people to talk to. <laughs> uh, it all finally wraps up, and it, with like that on top of it is like, all right, we we have to cut your hours all the way down. Like you can't, we can't do this anymore. And I'm like, yo, this one was legitimately not my fault. Right. <laughs> I love. I love. I've been in this situation so many times where I fucked up so many times that when it's legitimately, you're like stomping around the room. God damn it! This is dumb. I can't believe the one time I'm not doing anything. This is when you're gonna cut my. You actually have to suffer consequences. (laughs) This is bullcrap, man. Why didn't you do this the other time when I took acid at midnight and thought it would be done by eight? What the hell? Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's when you just go to work coming down from acid. Everything's kind of shiny in the kitchen, so it's fun. Yeah. Um, Well, that this happened to me at my job. Like I said, we used to have a twelve occurrence system, and I I would always run at eleven and a half. (laughs) Like it was a rolling too, so I would like schedule. I knew days I could take off and all that. But then I got pink eye out of nowhere, and I was like, I. And the doctor was like, "You literally can't go to work. It's against the law. Like, there's a period that you can't for pink eye." And I called yeah. him. I was like, mm, "Guess you're gonna have to give me twelve and a half occurrences. I guess it's a new area in the uh, attendance policy that we're going to go into together. You know, because the, the law says I can't be I'm there. Opening new doors in that area. Right. I'm like, oh fuck. But they have the new Brett clause in their employee handbook. All right, if you get goddamn pink eye, we don't want you in here. You said you said if I'm ever sick, you don't want me in here giving it to everybody else. 
Uh, either that, or you got to put yeah, on like, a you got to put on an eye patch and be like, it's a look I'm going. <laughs> yeah. No, don't look under that thing. Do not touch it. <laughs> Everything I'm touching has pink eye on it now, guys. Yeah, every, literally every. I can't be in the kitchen, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is uh, Or when you like, you're not allowed to work when you're throwing up. So if you go to work on a hangover and then throw up, they have to send you back home. Oh, that's oh. a hack. That's a. I'm gonna keep a syrup of Ipecac in my back pocket. That is a yeah. hack, but I have yeah, been that's a plenty of Texas times. Food handlers license uh, approved. That's get out Texas. of work. Hack. That doesn't happen in Ohio because I when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, I threw up many times. Oh, people were, were like, throwing up all the time <laughs> in restaurants I worked at. Yeah, but it's surrounded by child throw up anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, Dookie too. A lot of Dookie. No, I heard I've heard some stories about Chuck E. Cheese. That's a wild place to work. It's it's different. It's it's a lot different than like uh, working at like I worked at McDonald's and then Chuck E. Cheese. So it kind it's like. My idea of what it's like to work at a restaurant was completely skewed until I worked at a real one when I graduated college. Because it's like Chuck E. Cheese, like there's no restaurant that's going to force you to dance except for Johnny Rockets. <laughs> oh, man. And, like I've made fun of, I, Dude, I actually said. my best friend worked at Johnny Rockets in high school. I, we've had people call in and I say they so quit. Because they made them dance. Somebody said they didn't sing, right? Someone said they got fired because they didn't. <laughs> yeah. They went and got, there was a system set up where if the fries were served in under four minutes, you got some sort of bonus thing. And so they were like, fuck it. While you were dancing, these fries are getting cold. I'm Facebook not gonna, group, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hit my four-minute numbers, so I'm not singing tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to leave that up to the platters. Uh, it's uh, It really, singing and dancing for people at for 450 I was making for, for minimum wage is, like, really not the... Like, you're like, okay, well, I guess I work in show business. I was reading this, like, account of this guy who would... I was so impressed with, like, the union that formed in Times Square, the Stardust Family Union. Did y'all read about that? No, I didn't. I'll have to look that up. Oh, uh, the Stardust Diner, Ellen Stardust Diner, is a bunch of, like, servers that are singers, and, like, they sing while they're serving you food and stuff like that, and they weren't getting paid well, and then new management started firing everybody so they unionized and they're all like singers so they were all writing great union songs and shit like that it was amazing <laughs> that rules that that is so cool i i just performing for people for minimum wage is like this is not don't let's not make teens like sing happy birthday to their friends parents like when they come in they're just, like all yeah. embarrassed well, have you seen build-a-bear man yeah what do like, they do well, they have to do like those birthday parties where they sit sixteen kids down and do like a half hour, or an hour full of activities. For I them. did that at Chuck E. Cheese. I ran There's the birthday um, parties. What's it called? Like Libby. I, I interviewed I... at a Build a Bear once, and I'm really glad I did not get that job. Dude, that seemed <laughs> no, like a I've lot of some, work. I've heard some dark stories about Build a Bear <laughs> sure. uh, from people I know who worked there. But there's a. Pl- it's like a limited two, or like a someplace at East End, this mall in Columbus. Justice. It's like, um, I wish I could remember what it's called. I've been to Justice many times. But it's something like Libby Lou's or, you know, something like that. And my friend Brittany was working there and she was had to like, you know, they had to put like glitter in kids' hair. And she said she found lice in a girl's hair and just immediately walked out. And she was like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm not going to go home with lice for this job. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Well, if there's, lice, if there's lice in a kid's hair at a Build-A-Bear, that means every bear has lice. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I gotta get out of here, man. That's all the lie. I saw the. Oh, lice. you're talking about the place where they pick them up in like a limousine and do their nails and hair and stuff. Yeah, not like the American Girl, but it's right. something else. Yeah, the little girls like party. They, yeah, yeah, sassy girls party. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sassy girls party. Oh, get down. oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they'd put like a disco ball outside of a pink limousine and then do their nails and, yeah, start digging in their hair. Yeah. Those are rough jobs. I'm going to tell you that, like, working at places that are primarily... Because it's not the kids. Well, the kids aren't necessarily no. the problem. The parents are stressed and they're mean. We literally we have to rethink this because, like, there is a group of work that gets done where the general public is being thrown at you. And we do not treat that with the type of severity that no. we need to. Like, if you're dealing with the general public, you are doing hellish things yeah. you know like you're dealing with well, so like many dysfunctional circumstances i do crisis intervention social work and i wouldn't want to work at chuck e cheese <laughs> well, I mean, right. that would be too much for me I would, like, that is too much emotionally and like at 16 years old they put me in charge of children's birthday parties Jesus. like that is they they put they they put teenagers in charge of children's birthday parties and what do you think the parents and in are Columbus, like? Ohio at that Chuck E. Cheese, like you know, there were some like weird family dynamics and like <laughs> yes, there was, was like every one of mine, like yeah, some dumbass uncle says something they shouldn't or like shows up drunk or like right. Oh, and mom goes tirade like this isn't what I expected. And it's for some reason your job as Chucky to like manage all of that yeah well i like to do it well, chucky because you, you didn't have to Come do on. yeah you didn't have to do the birthday parties if you were chucky i like that but it was doing the birthday parties and being like you know this mom being like i can't believe you fucked up my kid's yeah. birthday party and i'm like i'm fucking 16 year old stoner that listens to corn <laughs> yeah. like what do you expect what are she you like really thinks someone is chucky because he really wants to like entertain and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. They want to believe that... I mean, everybody wants to believe that the people that are serving them want to be there and want Mm -hmm. to be doing it. And that's the thing that we have to crack. We have Mm -hmm. to crack that facade because some people might... Some people might love doing customer service and some people might love covering people. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people that are doing that job don't don't well, love doing it and I'll, I'll tell you another aspect of it though and it kind of relates to the post office where this guy is like i don't want to do this anymore is that we just require so much of one person and i was at the skating rink this weekend and i was astonished at how understaffed it was and these are people that are throwing birthday parties there's a roller skating fucking dinosaur that comes yeah. out that all yeah. the kids are punching in the stomach when it goes by and at the end of the the whole skating session, it ends at three two forty five. They cut the music. They're like turning the skates, and they have one one seventeen year old that is dealing with all of us hundred and fifty people <laughs> with tickets above our heads that are just like we want prizes. <laughs> like we, I think I sometimes we forget to look at people and just go, oh, you're at work right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. You have. You are at work. Like, when I'm at a restaurant, I think working in one for so long, I'll never be able to not be like, no. you're at work right now. Yeah, I'm the like, same way. I used yeah, to You're not just the, hanging here and having a good time. You're not just here to serve me. <laughs> Let me grab that for Another you. part of my night, like, you are at work right now. And you need that, like, I mean. And what I don't, what I don't get about places that are catered to children, like, at least teachers and social workers get, like, classes and stuff, learn yeah. how to teach kids like hang out with kids 
your Chucky, your Chuck E. Cheese, your yeah. dudes doing the Build-A-Bears, they are not taught how to hang out with kids. Exactly. Yeah, Brian, no, Brian, let's just throw it in there at minimum wage. No, we literally, Brian was the guy inside of the suit that was like hugging, your your child was hugging the Chucky. It was this fucking idiot on acid <laughs> was doing that. And he should have never have been in that position. And that's, that it's so to... true, though. A lot of these jobs, like, you just are throwing people who are already like, pay them what you're paying, you know. If you're paying, I mean, social workers and teachers, not like we make much, but pay them, at least pay them that much because they're putting all these fires, they're dealing with all these shitty families arguing with each other, and like, it's it's hard work. I mean, that that image of Chucky, that I've seen the image of Chucky in the suit without the head on smoking a cigarette, and I was the person doing it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Standing in the back like, oh, God, where to get off work? We got a big party planned. (laughs) <laughs> Gonna go give him another whoop de doo. I know y'all got a lot more people in the queue, yo. So I'm gonna last last bit of the story, and then I'll let y'all go because uh, it's also getting late. I'm tired. <laughs> um, fuck it. Uh, so in between being late again and making this complaint against like someone the the managers like, uh, I was just finally like, yo, I'm done with y'all's bullshit. I'm out. <laughs> Uh, and I like wrote a strongly worded letter, very strongly worded. <laughs> okay. Letter. And, so you wish you had and, that? Uh, <laughs> I sorry. Don't you wish you had that letter still? My wife wrote a strongly letter worded letter one time to a catering business that treated her like shit. I'm like, God, I wish we still had well, that I still letter. I have a copy of it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I still have a copy. I was proud of it. I was very proud of this letter because I expected to give it to him. Go like, this is not a two weeks notice. I'm leaving. And then just leave. But, like, the, the general manager was there, the head boss. And oh, so no. I got to give it to them. And then they were like, well, let's sit down and talk about it. And then they opened it and read it in front of me. And I was like, oh, this is fun. What? I wasn't expecting to deal with this, like, social interaction. And, like, I can see her being, like, going from pleasant, like, yeah, we're a family kind of face. And just kind of like slowly as she gets down the letter, like her face just slowly changes to being like sad and angry. I don't like this son and, of a. Uh, I never liked this guy. He couldn't even come into work on time. I knew it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that was my best, my favorite bit. Was she was like, "You don't think we're a family?" It's like, no, I don't think we're a family at all. I don't have a pool. <laughs> yeah, my family treated me like this. And you said it's a he said, she said kind of thing. <laughs> if my family treated me like that, I wouldn't talk to them. Yeah, you didn't buy me a basketball hoop <laughs> yeah. or anything. My family can't fire me if I'm late for Christmas Hell no, or whatever. no, they got to deal with me forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, I was just like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, that would be yeah, awful, thank y'all, though. Guys. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, you too. God, that's funny. Well, that that, that oh, Chuck E. Cheese, that... That that whole like thinking about like how you don't have to necessarily like be licensed to work with kids or even no. educated on no. it. And it's a bunch of idiots like dealing <laughs> with your kids like magical moment. But you just yeah. put a Chucky e. cheese suit on him and you're like, oh, that's Chucky. E. Like yeah. he's, no, I, he's okay. I thought the same. Like literally, I saw that lady doing the Build a Bear or like Barnes and Nobles when they do the book readings and stuff, and yeah. I'm like. This is not this person should not be in charge of this because no. people just go and sit in the back on their phones while their little badass kids just start tearing shit up. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. They're like, you're the babysitter now. Yeah. 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 That's why they just, go there. You because you put on a green polo and yeah. have a name badge. You now in charge of my <laughs> child because you promised to do Dr. Seuss hour. 
Dude, we're gonna do a raw doll. We're gonna teach him about it. It's not my problem. That's you. <laughs> Deal with it. Figure out a better solution. I can't I read do anything. Something about working at Chuck E. Cheese where like you have to clean like poop out of the like the tubes yeah, all the yeah. time. Oh, I'm sure lots of there's a lot of dookie in them too. Yeah, so the someone... balls. I used to jump at people. They I used to jump at the balls. I'd be like, there's pee all over those balls. I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there's pee all over the balls. <laughs> there are. There's, they don't. Uh, we listen, we need I to hang up a sign that says there's pee on the balls <laughs> at a Chuck E. Cheese. I don't want to be alarmist, and I don't know what their practices are now, but when I worked there, there wasn't really, like, a way to, <laughs> to clean, clean them. Oh, they really, never addressed no, it. No, I read that they put them in the back of a truck, and they take it through um, oh. a car wash. Okay, I never saw They never did that when I... I'm just going to say... I your never solution sounds way smarter I than... I kind of got into, like, a dark web, like little like uh, research on what it's like to work at Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and someone said that they just like would take all the balls put them in the back of like an F-150 yeah. and then just like take it through a car wash yeah just throw some chicken wire over top or yeah. something yeah. so you it doesn't bounce out you want to hear the biggest Chuck E. Cheese secret that a lot of people don't know yeah when they get rid of those games there you're not allowed to keep them they have to destroy all of them <laughs> The video game? Yeah, like something. <laughs> so, That's like, this, they could give those T-ball machines to, like, I, at the time, I was like, they could give these to, like, some community mm-hmm. center or something. And they were like, you guys want to come in after work and smash up all the T-ball <laughs> machines? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that's good. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that's a bonus. Well, we got there. We had a, we drove, we drove there. We were all riding in the back of a truck and we had axes and, like, all these different kinds of hammers, and we got there, and there's like a protocol for the way that you do it. So we uh, smashed like three games. So y'all like went home and found like the craziest things you could to like beat yeah. the shit up. I could have put a nail in a cricket bat. <laughs> so we, get, we got to smash up that uh, bowling game, the one where you have like a, like a puck. And you slide it, and the pins yeah, go well, up. They flip up. <laughs> yeah, with the metal slider. Yeah. yeah, we threw the metal slider on top of the building, and we smashed the shit out of that thing. Okay, we were throwing the metal slider at the glass part of it at first. Yeah, those things have some heft. <laughs> but it was like at the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, why are we destroy? What are we doing here? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Can we just go plug this in at my fucking house? I know. Let me take one of these ski ball lanes home, man. I love ski ball. <laughs> All right, let's see who we got on the lines here. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hi, how's it going? Great, we're doing great. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, I'm loving it. I'm. Uh, my name is Max. How are you guys doing tonight? We're beautiful. Hey, it's a beautiful evening. We're having the most fun. How are you doing tonight, Max? Good. I'm the guy who ran into you outside of uh, Fastlane, the WWE paper. Oh, Max, how's it going? I met Max at Fastlane. Uh, did you enjoy the pay per view? Did you have a good time there? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, it's funny that uh, Brett mentioned the Shroom thing. I was on Shrooms there myself. <laughs> great time to. Yeah. Great thing to do. The budget. I think, did it work out? Yeah, I think like I'm going to. budget. I'm sorry. Oh, it's like, sorry. Logically, I think budget-wise, it probably is the most bang for your buck. I'm not going to be paying 10 bucks for beers there, you know? Yeah, I agree, man. Okay. And it lasts long. You don't have to keep dipping out for, like, smoking or anything. Like, you're just cruising for six hours <laughs> on, like, a good vibes. Man, I'm really thinking about tripping on Friday. 
while we're in New Orleans. Not this Friday, but the Friday we're in New Orleans because I go to wrestling. The first show I go to is at 3 p.m. Oh. And then the last show I go to ends at 3.30 in the morning. And I'm like, man, I should just trip. Like, I should just be on acid WrestleMania weekend getting carted around in lifts and watching wrestling. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm still a little worried about it. I'm, you know. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm in a strange town. Being in public. Being in public. but it, You know how you feel when you get there. Like Yeah. How, do, how does it feel to be at wrestling, like, Truman? Like, it had to be weirder for you because, like, we were in a luxury box. So, if we were wasted, we probably would have been. Seriously, you were on shrooms. But you were in a. If you had to sit in a chair right next to another per, like, the way those stadium chairs <laughs> sit up. And you're not, you're not at a wrestling. You're not at a, like, you're at a family event. Yeah, on mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I was I was there with like a bunch of friends. We won I won tickets off the radio, so like we were kind of being a little spread out a little bit. But one note I definitely one thing I took away from it was I was wearing like a really warm sweater, and I thought like next time I come to a WWE event or any wrestling event of this size like this, I'm definitely going to bring like body paint or a marker or something so I can like. <laughs> Just like write John Cena on my chest, it'll be socially acceptable for me to not have to wear a shirt. All right, that's good, dude. I like that. You had a breakthrough then. He's like, I, I could be the guy without a shirt at, at sporting events. I think I could step into that. Uh, I liked it. Actually, I liked it a lot better in real life because watching the match versus the way that they cut it on TV, I felt like in person I got way more out of it, like storyline wise. Especially that. Oh well, the way they, the way WWE cuts with the jump shots and everything is pretty insufferable. And plus, going to those live events, you really only want to go to either of the house shows or the pay per views because you know it's like it's just so long and drawn out for a Raw or SmackDown with those huge commercial breaks. Yeah, I've been to a Raw. I've I've been to a Raw, and it's a lot of talking and a lot of waiting around. That's basically what it is. But that one, that one was fun. So you, you didn't yeah. you, you didn't have any wild trip out moments, did you? you didn't freak out when you yeah, saw no, a kid? I was, I was pretty I was pretty mellow. I was I didn't take too much. I couldn't cool. tell you were tripping, which is a big that's a big that's a huge plus. I usually get if I'm talking to somebody that's tripping, I'm usually like, Oh, that motherfucker is on some shit, you know. <laughs> I didn't feel like you were tripping. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually there with my buddy uh, Aaron Miller who's guy turned me on to Street Fright Radio probably like a year ago. His uh, band just played tonight, Future Nuns. Future Nuns. Oh, yeah, that's a good band. Yeah. Really? The Future Nuns yeah, listen to Street Fight Radio? Let's go. Maybe now yeah, we a have a band. Guys. One of the uh, shout out to uh, Alex Massauer. It's his birthday. He's in the band. Maybe we have a band that can do live shows with us now. We're looking for a band that's cool, that like kind of gets what we do to do live shows with us in town. So that, like, because we want to start doing things that are like a longer night, you know? I played them on the show before, taking out the trash. Yeah. Well, that's great. Now we're good. Now we got future nuns. You're listening to this show? Get a hold of Brett. We might need you soon. <laughs> Definitely one of the best bands in the city. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like, uh, I didn't know about your guys' podcast for so long because, you know, I've been, like, I used to go to parties at the Free Press Mansion back in the day, like, back I used to work with Food Not Bombs, like, I lived in DIY houses, like, 
pretty much my whole run up until fairly recently. I moved out to the hilltop, live out here with my buddy. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I have a lot of in common with you guys. I grew up, like, heavy juggalo influence and <laughs> in the activism and, like, uh, punk and all that stuff. So it's interesting it took so long for me to even stumble across it. It's a weird thing. We don't get much coverage here in town. And it's probably more our fault than it might be the newspapers. I think we kind of, we, we kind of don't work with other people really, which is, I mean, that's our choice. Like usually like we we don't really reach out to people and and we kind of have our own little thing here. I don't think we draw from like, I don't think stand-up fans would like what we do. You know, I think our fans like what we do, but I don't know that people that are like strictly into stand-up comedy would like what we do. And I don't think that the people that come to our shows would love strictly stand-up comedy at the shows, you know? So it's like, it's hard to make friends with people in town, but like if there was ever anything, if there's a punk band that's into us, I always want to know them because I think the coolest people in the world are people in punk bands and rappers. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that for sure. And it's not like I would be reading weeklies anyway or anything like that. I think it's just a word-of-mouth thing, ultimately. Yeah, I think that's how people find us here. I I mean, again, it's like... We don't do shows here every month. We don't. We don't have like a space or anything. It's we're we're still working on it. I want to be like I want to feel successful in this city so badly, but I also think it's a, a super hard thing to do in a city like this. To, yeah, to get that feeling like it's you did not. It. It's not. I mean, it's just investing the time. I don't have the time. We don't have a lot of time to do the groundwork of setting up the you know shaking hands and networking all of that. We have a shorthand of just making snide comments on the internet and getting people to pay attention. That's like our our little cheap hack there. We don't really do the the like uh, real shoe leather type um, getting to know people, which we That's should true. work on. We should. Let's work on that. We're Let's gonna do the friends. We're, we're gonna do the Columbus Podcast Festival this year. Yeah, Are you? yeah, we're Good. gonna be there. We got an invite. I was so disappointed you guys weren't on it. This last time. The Street well, Fight Boy. Well, that's probably why we're on it. That's how Because I was disappointed, too. I, know, I did comedy, so I know like a million people here with podcasts. So I'm like, yours is... Well, I was one. like, how the fuck are we not on there? What yeah. the hell, man? You guys are the best one. We're big enough. We're we're big, okay? But it's like, you also gotta like talk to people and stuff. You can't just expect people to find you and yeah. know what you do. That's there are a lot of people works. on the internet who know what Columbus, Ohio is because of Street Fight. True. That's true. There are people that are like, that'll say stuff like, I want to go to Columbus, Ohio. They know Ohio. what our pizza now? I love square cut pizza. <laughs> yeah. Dude, okay. I also want to like Rubino's Pizza. I want to give a shout out to Rabino's Pizza, absolutely one of my favorites, the best pizza. In they got the. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan, huge fan. Yeah, oh, so I'm an Angie's I feel fan. like uh, you know, so crispy. On that Columbus, uh, the the pizza group. Yeah, yeah me too. Catches a lot of flack, a lot of heat. It seems to be one of the most divisive Man. of all pizzas. The cool thing at Rabino's is like this place, and they, it's cash only. They don't have air conditioning. It's like this old ass place. They don't change anything about it. They got a Street Fighter two and like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there. <laughs> I think the last yeah, time I was in there. Yeah, it's so good. But my dad, my dad told me the secret to their crust when he asked him was that the guy said you roll it thin, 
and then you roll it again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, a Rabino's pizza on like a great pop. It's so thin and crispy. Oh. It's so crispy. That's one of my favorites too. It's I, I so don't. Good. I don't go out there enough to go get it. And I really should because I do stand for it a lot. I'm an Angie's guy, man. I love Angie's pizza. Angie's is good. It's one of my favorites. It's. it's like, pro- I think that's probably that's my favorite of the like, like versus Massey's. I guess would be the uh, one that yeah. has the same amount of reach. They use too much of the cornmeal at Massey's, but it's, Massey's is good. But they put that cornmeal on the. I love the cornmeal. Chicago. Chicago does like I guess. Everyone says it's deep dish. It's not really like it's kind of like a thin crust. Sometimes yeah. and they do a square cut, but it's like it's kind of too thick. It's just not Sicilian. Is that what it is? That's what kinda, I feel like. But not enough toppings. They hide all their toppings under the cheese. Don't do that. Put Co- it the all Columbus right there on top. way, all right oh, on top, dude. edge to edge. Yeah, you got to no, let the toppings touch that heat right there. Exactly. That's the hilltop thing. Like you can't. Even order like Pizza Hut out here. Sometimes it shows up with a tight cheese on top. Like, yeah, it goes back like a Josie's kind of thing. A Josie's. Oh, Try Josie's is good. Josie's. Susie's good, Sub Shop but, uh, also a good one. Good joint. We got yeah, so many. You know, Columbus Pizza thing. is so good. And we have so many like mom and pop shops yeah. here. Like they're that it's not like this in other places. Like we go to other cities and we're like, let's well let's just get pizza and then we have trouble finding a non chain no. pizza place. Yeah, and I go like, let's get pizza and I go to another city and I'm like, what is this? This isn't Where's why do they pizza? do pizza so weird here? <laughs> yeah, there's like two or three cash only shops near me. Or like I write checks for pizza still. Like the ones <laughs> the like Gatos in Clintonville, I I write checks for that place all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian checks for pizza. Time honored tradition. Oh my god! I did that money. every day in grad school. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm totally with I'm totally with Brett on the idea that I'm I'm into the varying regional styles of pizza here, especially now that I've lived on the hilltop for like three years almost now. I mean, out here there's just so much stuff. But to me, it's like if you're putting pep, any kind of meat on a pizza, I want it on top of the cheese. I want it getting a crisp proper crisp like if it's like a veg okay the cheese can bake on top that's okay with me yeah but pepperoni under cheese Man. No, that's, well let me ask no, you get them crispy pets. just make me want pizza let me say here but here's a here do you know about the steubenville style do you mess with that at all is, is this, the steubenville style is that the one where it's like they it's like kind of like a sicilian pie and then they put the cheese on after it comes out cold cheese yes i do not like that. it melts on the way home do not like that. Yeah, I've never, I've never actually had that. Never we got to make the trip. It seems like as long as I feel like as long as I know what I'm getting myself into, I'll probably enjoy it. But I could see why if somebody like just stumbled across it, they'd be like, "What is this?" Shut the lid, maybe. I'll even, do it. I don't, I don't like know. It. Even Colum- if I go to like a bowling alley in Columbus, I know what kind of pizza I'm getting, and it's probably going to be pretty good. It's yeah. decent. I mean, sometimes they'll be like, "Let's give you these triangles," and you're like, "Get out of here with yeah, that!" Yeah, bowling alleys will phone it in. Bowling alleys, the most phone it in food places that you can find out there. Like sometimes you go to a bowling alley and you're like, "Damn, that's good," and then like you'll go to one and it's like. They they didn't do nothing here like this. <laughs> they ordered this from Uline. Yeah, you. Yeah. How did Uline. you guys learn that square cut was a Columbus thing? It, I don't. Because I learned. I feel like we all learned that in different places. We. I mean, I just it's like when, a, when I saw people complaining yeah, about like a Midwest it. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I saw people complaining about square cut pizza. I was like, what are they fucking complaining about? That's how they cut the pizza, man. That's like a way to cut a pizza. Yeah, yeah it's like a <laughs> it's like a bar style cut. So it 
can be shared like you yeah, know with a lot so of people, people. you can eat less of it or you can eat more of it you know? more it's more. pretty self-explanatory to me yeah. they're always like oh, how yeah, do you eat I the middle tomatoes, p- i eat like 21 pieces like, they're, yeah they're like how do you eat the middle pieces and i'm like with well, my fucking hands yeah. what's so hard Scoop. about it what are you trying to do like what makes this like is this a difficult yeah, thing for what you is to complicated out? about this I, I think so i found out about it because my dad actually he had all these favorite spots that he like we would drive across town pizza house is his favorite of all time and uh and so from there i researched it and found out that there was like five or six different places and i knew that donato's was i mean donato's got eventually got so big they got bought by fucking mcdonald's so they yeah, were doing yeah. they were doing big things and I looked into the research of it and found out that there was like these five or six shops that started in the 50s that all just started making pizza and cutting it party cut style or bar style. And yeah, uh, I think the rest is a like history. Rubino's, my knowledge of it is Rubino's is the oldest one going here that's like that. My introduction to Rubino's, I was probably like 17, 18. And like, oh. This, like, uh, MDMA burnout, like graffiti kid. I knew I was like all into graffiti when I was that age. I'm like, he, uh, he would like ride the bus from campus and work there and he was the guy who like cut the meat you know how they oh. have their mm-hmm. sausage there which is kind of a weird style too yeah it is it's like that meatloaf it's like a meatloaf that's like thinly sliced almost it's like euro meat i always get pepperoni but uh they the story he told me was like uh, you know because that the first tonados is kind of over in that area too like towards um the east side of Parsons Ave, like okay. over yeah, and that's where south end. the first Wendy's is and, by there uh, too. Yeah, the story he was telling me is that like one of the guys who founded like the Donatos, I don't know Donatos, like whatever, one of the older guys, like basically ripped off Rubinos, which you know you don't really see that in contemporary Donatos style. But he yeah. said that the guy would really? come in and order pizza. And, like, you know, here's this guy who's, like, made the dynasty kind of ripping off Rubino's. Like, he would sit there and eat the pizza, and the owner of Rubino's would just be, like, scowling at him the whole time. The Grodies did this? That is fascinating. <laughs> that is a, you've reached a very yeah. niche, like, group of people who, are like, really like Columbus pizza. No one else will find this interesting. And, you know, I, I, we got to keep going with it. I had another tall tale, though. I've also heard that Granddad's Pizza was somebody that stole the Donato's recipe and was like, fuck this, I'm not... I know I've worked at Donato's long enough. I know how a pizza business runs. I'm going to open my own pizza business and make it just like a Donato's. And that's where granddad's came from. Uh, That makes sense. Wow. um, Wow. I don't know. That's. That is a big, like, I feel like I just found out who shot JFK. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I'll let you guys uh, keep tramping on to the next callers and everything. But uh, good talking to you. Hopefully it's, catch you guys sometime soon maybe AIW wrestling or something yeah, we'll do a show in town soon for sure we're planning something we're figuring it out have, have a good night though yeah thanks we appreciate right, it I'll definitely yeah. swing out I'll try to make it out next time you guys do a live show have a good one sweet alright that is our last caller for the night we have to, to uh, eventually uh, stop taking calls. It's two twenty in the morning. I have to go take my daughter to preschool at uh, nine. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap this up. Thank you for listening to Street Fight Radio. Sorry if you couldn't get in this week. Um, there will be a call-in show next week. We are for sure doing it. Uh, if you didn't make it in, let me know, and I'll make sure you get in this time uh, next week. 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all of the normal podcasting apps. Uh, Lindsay, are you, you do you have anything you're pushing? Do you have a podcast or a book or anything? No, not at all. Um, go Cavs. <laughs> go Cavs. She's uh, representing the Cavalier. The I am. Cavaliers. Yes. Follow her on Twitter. She's at Linzetta underscore. Um, <laughs> we will see you later this week. We're Street Fight. Peace. See this pretty girl. Watch this pretty girl flow. Peeking